Welcome, creeps, to the final installment of Ghoul School 2016, special number five. I'm the Walking Death, Jarrett Duncan. I am Dirty Butts, Baylog. We're taking one last break before returning to our crypts to talk about horror films and such. And now it is early November and people have really moved on with their lives for sure. But what the shit. Mm. Hey, RJ, what's up? Not much, man. Uh, I just burnt my mouth on a pizza pop. Oh. So I'm doing really good. <laughs> That's what happens when you rush. Yeah, I'm a little busy, but yeah. uh, so people might notice uh, I might be a little short with my explanations today. But hey, you know what? That's fine, man. People will get it, and they know my character MO by now. <laughs> so your your hey, your, you, your, pers- your persona. Yeah, the dude who like just rambles about stuff very briefly. <laughs> um, short rambles and, and talks about butts. Hey, did you like? I, I made up a, a nickname for the ghoul schools. I finally. Finally. Took, I think it's fitting, though. It took five weeks, but you nailed it. I nailed it. Yes. Yes. Well, that's... Perfection takes patience, Jared. I uh, hey, hear that. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Well, uh, I guess we should just launch right into this fucker and Absolutely. Uh, blast through it. So, uh, last time, we left off with a couple movies left off from where I didn't finish talking about stuff. So, very sure. quickly. Uh, I watched, because uh, this went along with something you watched... Blackula. Oh, yeah. Because I watched Scream, Blackula, Scream, uh, which uh, actually is just as good as the first movie, hmm. um, which really surprised me. I wasn't actually expecting it to be like, I thought it'd be like a big drop in quality, but no, yeah. I thought it was actually like a kind of a better made movie in a lot of ways. Uh, it's also got some like really good scares, like not like I'm jumping out of my seat and going, oh my God, but it's like the imagery is yeah. really good and uh it's kind of just like, what was that? Like, I just didn't expect it to be that effective. So kudos to Scream Blackula Scream. You could definitely go worse than watching the uh, both those movies. Was it the same people? No, different directors. Uh, but it's like the same guy as Blackula. Good old Black, mm-hmm. good old Blackula. Blackula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and uh, I understand you also dug uh, Blackula 1. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, you kind of talked about it already. But uh, I I also enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty well-made movie. Mm-hmm. A cool spin on Dracula. One thing I thought was really funny was that uh, he was always, like, he went to clubs and stuff. Yeah. And he had his cape on. And, like, I think one time someone's like, what's up with that dude in the cape? But most of the time he was just kind of, like, living fabulously in his cape. Right. So I, re- I thought that was really cool. And yep. everybody had, like, sideburns and afros. And I, I also think that's super neat, too. Yeah, uh, if you delve more into the black exploitation movies, you will find many a plethora of uh, plethora of uh, sideburns and afros. And afros. Yeah, well, that's my meat and potatoes right there. Yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. '70s was like a real like period of like uh, kind of like embracing your cultural identity because like so you had like the uh, uh, African Americans really embracing. Uh, the, the continent, wherever, where actual particular country they came from in Africa. But like, so they started dressing like in more, not ceremonial, but traditional kind of Congo? clothing. Congo. Could be, could be. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, or like, yeah, like in like Native Americans too, they were kind of dressing more traditionally, uh, walking around their regular day lives. 
That was a, like me. That was a 70s thing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so then I watched another Mario. Actually, I watched two Mario Bava's movies. Uh, after the, the the big stinker of Beer and Blood, uh, I watched yeah. the, uh, the Girl Who Knew Too Much, which I thought was very good. Uh, it was a black, black and white. It's his last black and white movie before he went to full color, which I guess more people uh, think of Mario Bava and his uh, use of color. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I thought it was like a super charming, like uh, very Hitchcock-y type of movie, uh, kind of early giallo which uh your boy uh, dario argento would uh really flesh out later on over uh, yeah and uh but yeah i know it's just like uh it's got this like voiceover narration it's kind of like playful and uh mm-hmm. just beautifully photographed it looks great uh definitely one of the better bavas because uh, i also watched uh my other bava movie later on which stunk i don't even know what it was called now <laughs> I'm blanking out because I actually was not even mm-hmm. planning on talking about it. But, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, Hatchet for the Honeymoon. That uh, sounds cool. It does. And, like, there's, like, I don't know. I posted this on Instagram. But there's, like, a full-on bit where I was, like, what? this is, like, American Psycho. It's, like, this rich fashion designer uh, who's, like, inherited the business from his mother. But he's got mommy issues and he's killing mm. models. Um, and, like, no, no one suspects him. Uh, but I don't know, man. I, it just, the movie was dull, and uh, I never really mm-hmm. got into anything that was happening. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like, that was more typical of, like, the Mario Bava that I know. Yeah. Uh, it's like, or I don't know, there's this disconnect. Like, and like I said, like, the two really good Bava movies I just watched, The Girl Knew Too Much and uh, Planet of the Vampires from earlier, I mean, mm-hmm. they might not work necessarily for everybody, but, like, I mean, the production design in Planet of the Vampires is just, like, second to none. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, the last movie I really wanted to talk a little bit about from last time was the greasy strangler from, uh, Ooh. old 2016. Um, so what was that, that like? <laughs> um, okay. My advice for anybody that's kind of like, Hey, this greasy strangler, it's got some buzz. It's, it seems to be decisive. Uh, I wonder if I'll like it. My mm-hmm. best advice would be for people to check out, uh, Jim Hopkins or Hoskins, uh, Hoskins, uh, Hoskins, check check out his Vimeo because he posts all his videos on there. So he's kind of like Mm a, he is like, I would, I give typify sort of your, uh, like Los Angeles hipster, like commercial art kind of guy, but he's making stuff like he, I don't know. He likes movies like I like, but he's going about it in this super stylized way, almost like a Wes Anderson. Um, and like, there's like a weird, like, uh, kind of like Napoleon dynamite, like way of how everyone talks, which mm-hmm. I think like people kind of got over a, a while ago, but he's like going with it. Cause that's what he really enjoys. He likes weird stilted dialogue and characters, like distant situations that don't make any sense. Don't, don't resemble any sort of like, uh, conventional reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can see if, so again, my advice would be check out those Jim Hoskins, uh, videos online, particularly there's one called renegades, one called G for granddad. And, uh, the other one is, um, Oh, oh come to me. Uh, crabs. This, this, watch those three and you'll have a very good idea of what greasy strangler is going to be like. Cause it's an hour and a half version of those short films. And it's like, uh, it's like he's taken those three ideas, like those three short films, their central ideas and combined them all into a feature length movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like I really, I don't think you would like this movie, uh, but uh, you, you might like, you might be really annoyed by it or you might find it like really appealing to your, uh, immature side <laughs> it's, excuse it, me it, it, it has some uh, real great fart jokes and lots of uh, and lots of penis lots uh, of peen i know you're I've, a big fan of peen 
I've never been a fan of imm- immature yeah. themes or jokes or anything of but, the such, Jared. But I know there's like, I mean, it depends on like, how do you feel about Tim and Eric and their like uh, brand uh-huh. of comedy? Uh, I like Tim and Eric. I've, okay. I can't say that I ever actually watched it. Um, I don't have cable. Mm. Uh, and I, I didn't at the time that that was airing either. So um, I the things I've seen, I like, but I haven't really delved too much into it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a hard one to recommend. Um, I, I would, mm-hmm. like, other than, hey, check out those short films and you'll know really quick if this is for you or not. That's right. about where I'll leave it. Cause yeah, it's like, I can, to- I, there's no arguing that the, like someone could hate the hell out of this. Like it's just, yeah. it's particular taste. It kind of reminds me of like, there's like that, um, Eagle versus shark thing that, oh, yeah. and I, I, I personally did, couldn't stand that when I tried watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of not that far off from that, but this one's like, it's a bit filthier. <laughs> like there's this stupid shit where like they have this like, I don't know, East Indian guy with a lisp and he keeps trying to talk about like, uh, crisps and chips and ridges on chips and he's just having to say it like ridded and tips and Uh-oh. it's just like it's like they play this to death but like it starts as like getting so stupid it's like kind of hilarious but other people could be like this is like the fucking dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life I want to kill myself why, why how long does exist? it go for uh, like 10 minutes nah not that long not it's not like crazy but like it's it, it feels a while it feels like 3-4 minutes of these scenes like it's, it's in front of a vending machine and it all pays off kind of but right. uh yeah uh, it it's for certain people i don't even know if i like it or not it's i don't know so you're not going to get a greasy strangler tattoo or I get, anything like that uh no 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 i hope not uh, the, one, the one thing I will throw out that is indefensible is it's got some like horrendous CGI stuff at the end that uh, uh, kills me. It kills me inside. Anyway, kills everybody, man. Yeah. It sucks. <clears throat> but that wraps up what I wanted to talk about from last week. So, RJ, okay. what do you watch? <sighs> well, I'm going to, for the most part, I'm going to jump around here. Okay. But uh, I'll start with the movies that go f- the back the farthest because I think – I think it's like two weeks now for some of these, so I'll just try to get those done real quick. Um, I watched Wishmaster, and more recently, I watched Wishmaster 2. Yeah. So uh, those are both wicked, real good. I thought they were (laughs) super fun. Fun. Jared hates fun, but whatever. No fun, Um, Duncan. So you already talked about Wishmaster, but it's like just the evil genie who it's like, man, I wish... I wish I was famous. And it's like, oh, really? And then it'd be like a newspaper. It's like man's butt explodes. And then like that's how he gets famous. That doesn't <laughs> that didn't happen. But that, uh, if I were to ever make. The well, Wishmaster, this is this is from your Wishmaster remake script. I yeah, know, my that you're, that you're, that you're uh, shopping around now. Yeah, my Wishmaster fan fiction is all about like butts exploding. Um, but yeah, you were super right. Or you were absolutely right where he talks really weird. It's like, what do you mean? Wish for, uh, like, and I think it's really funny. Um, I actually think you would like Wishmaster two more. Oh yeah. So Wishmaster two picks up right where Wishmaster one ends off. Uh, what kind of, um, he's like still in the stone in a statue, but the statue is now in a museum and robbers try to steal it. And then he gets awoken and then he gets caught by the police. And then so he goes to jail, Wishmaster in jail. And he, he likes he thinks it's a good place to be because everyone there's like, man, I wish I was out of jail or it's like, man, I wish I was tougher. So it's a fun <laughs> dynamic. No, you don't like that. No, I no, like I, that. I, I, I'm shaking my head because I had like it's again, it's another one of these like franchise movies that like, oh, it's a jail. It's a prison movie. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that sounds like, actually does sound actually kind of 
awesome. It's, it, for for it's me, because really, I love prison movies and I love yeah. horror. So <laughs> it's really funny because they play on a lot of racial stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a really funny gang where it's like one really tall Asian guy. And then there's two twins who do Kung Fu and they're also also Asian. And they're like they're not like comedic relief, but they're like their scenes are just them doing Kung Fu. And it's like. I don't I don't understand it. It comes out of nowhere. But so he's in jail for a while. And then uh, and then he goes to Vegas and opens a casino. So uh, Wishmaster 2 has it all. Um, it's, and again, it was pretty good. Like uh, <laughs> both of these all. movies, it has it all. Um, both of these movies have usually like a couple standout effects scenes, like practical effects. Yep. Uh, I think Wish uh, Wishmaster 1 has a few. I can't remember. Well, so the Wishmaster- very beginning and the very end at the party scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of like it is here too. In the beginning, he like a fetus uh, gin comes out of a wall and it's hard to tell like if they CGI'd his face on there or something, but mm. I thought it looked okay. Um, one guy's skin gets pushed through a bar, which is pretty cool. And then later, uh, somebody's skeleton like breaks through their body, which was also pretty cool. Oh, that, that does sound pretty good. <laughs> so there was, um, there were some good effect scenes in this. Uh, I would rec- recommend Wishmaster 1 and 2 to anybody who's mm-hmm. looking to have fun. Um, there there was one. The other thing I noticed in both these movies that's really funny is people just talk like, I think it's super casual and like realistic. Like there's a really funny scene where Wishmaster calls the girl who he's trying to get to make wishes. And he's like, you can't, he's like, you can't escape me. And the girl's like, fuck off. And she throws the phone like out a window. <laughs> I thought it was fucking hilarious. Like people talk like really plainly when he's in jail. There's one dude who's like, you fucking motherfucker piece of shit. I'm a fuck your shit, man. That fuck. sounds like, that sounds like a Chris McQuarrie script. Yeah. So I thought that was, funny too and then uh the last thing i'll say is one line i thought was really funny is uh the girl one of the like main girls because in both of these like the main character is a girl who is like he's trying to get to make wishes and uh, in one of them she like addresses him she's like hey Jin," and he looks at her and like really really sassy he's like wish on girl because <laughs> <laughs> she's like i want to make a wish he's like wish on girl and like the way he says it, it's like you can just picture him like flip flicking back his hair or something. Yeah. Um. So that was really cool. That's I like that a lot. Great. Great. Uh. So and then I watched Silver Bullet, which was mm-hmm. a, a Stephen King movie this year. Yep. Uh. And my one of my only werewolf movies. Aww. I think I think the only other one I had was uh the Hammer one actually. So right. Only two two Wolfmans. Uh. The Silver Bullet was really good. Yeah. Uh, I had read the book before, and it's more or less the same, except the movie adds uh, a sister character. Right. Or in the book, there was no sister. Hmm. But uh, this one's about small town anywhere USA, yep. and uh, there's a werewolf hunting people. And your main character, Corey Haim, is a little kid in a wheelchair, and he's like, I found the werewolf. And then Gary Busey is there as his cool uncle, who's just like, I'm going to make you a rocket wheelchair. Um, and yeah, no, I, I really liked it. Uh I thought a lot of the scenes were really cool. There's a scene in the mist where the werewolf is like pulling people down, which I thought was pretty neat. Right. Um, I don't know. Not much to say. It's a good werewolf movie. Yeah. The, uh, the one thing I remember really appreciating with that movie was like how good the like brother and sister uh, came off. Like, cause usually you watch those movies and it's like younger brothers, precocious and like always up to no good. And the older sister's like, come on, I'm the older teenage sister. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like lazy, but this like actually came off. as like, Oh, they actually really care about one another. And, yeah. uh, so I remember like being like, that's like, 
the best part and like how well written they were and like how the family actually felt like a real family. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I remember like looking that up too because like the director of that, like that's like the only movie he made. Um, but then he like mm-hmm. went on to make a bunch of TV stuff. Like he's worked on like every television show, like all the HBO stuff you could name through the 2000s. He yep. worked on some episodes and stuff like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Silver Bullets, I think it's underappreciated. I think the werewolf's kind of like nothing special though, which is a letdown because um, the guy mm. who designed the werewolf is uh, Carlos Rambaldi, who yep. uh, he did like all the wicked makeup in like movies like Possession. Um, oh, okay. And like he designed E.T. and all the stuff like that. Like the guy's like super prolific. He's worked on tons of crazy stuff. And then like his werewolf's like, oh. <laughs> like Yeah, there's there's not much to it. it. It actually looks like they only built like the head and they just like move the head and like an arm. So you don't really ever get like a, maybe at the end. I think it's a dude in a suit, but it's yeah. it's it's no bad moon. It's no bad moon. So bad moon is at the top, and then uh, things like Silver Bullet and the Hammer one I watched this month were really good. Yeah, those are the three werewolf movies I'd recommend. I don't know any other ones that I like. Yeah, I, I don't like American Werewolf in London. I don't like The Howling. Uh, I don't like Ginger Snaps. So. All, all the things that people seem to love about werewolves are not the ones that I like. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Uh, and then I'll just talk two more that were kind of old. Um, I watched uh, one from your buddy, a horror uh, sensation, Ty West, called The House of the Devil. And I thought this movie was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw, I've seen like so much high praise for this movie and I don't really get it. So... This movie is about, it takes place in the 70s, I think. It's about a girl who needs money. She's a college student. So uh, she sees an ad for babysitting. She goes there. Tom Noonan is there, fucking eight foot tall, looking creepy as hell. And uh, he's like, he's like, well, it's not really a baby. It's an old lady, but we just need you here. And then she's in the house. And then later you find out they're just like occultists and they're there to sacrifice her. Yep. Um, so a few things. Uh, when the movie started, I really liked it. I thought he was the way he presents things were really good. I liked the aesthetic, like the '70s feel, and the music was good in it as well. Um, the and then <laughs> the Walkman, yeah, things like that. I thought all felt really good. But then there's a lot of stuff that I was just like, oh, I don't like that. Uh, he gets he does this thing where he does a lot of shaky cam, where the girl's like running, and he does like the shaky found footage camera. And I was like, why are you doing that? That's such a weird thing. Um, he also does a lot of moving close-ups i was watching this with andrew and she's like this movie's making me sick because i didn't even notice it at first but i was like what do you mean she's like it, like all the close-ups like the camera's never like stopped it's just moving around and i was like oh yeah that is weird um i don't know i thought tom noonan was really good i i liked a lot of it the only thing is like there's uh like a huge plot hole to this movie and it's like why all the pageantry behind it all like if they were just why, gonna why, sacrifice- the, why the pretense of like babysitting and all that shit well anything like that like and even like going along with it where they pay her and they're like okay well we'll be back and they like send her a pizza that's drugged so she like passes out it's like because later on in the movie they just like basically bonk her on the head and try to tie her up so it's like why not do that from the start well and, because there's and, no movie then rj <laughs> yeah i know but that's a pretty big plot hole isn't it like it's just yeah yeah, no, that really I, pulled I know. me out of it because people would be like, "Oh, well, there was the friend there, but like the friend leaves." Or you know what? Why not just kidnap both of them? Mm. And you might be like, "Well, Tom Noonan's really old, but fuck, man, he's like eight foot tall. He could handle like a four foot year old college girl." Yeah. Um, 
anyways, I thought it was okay. I just uh, I wasn't as in, I wasn't as impressed as a lot of people seem to be. I think a lot of people watched that movie also closer to when it came out. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the stuff that that movie was doing has kind of been like done now because it's like because the whole thing was like it was a period piece and um, like so it was like oh cool it's like really going for that eighties vibe and it's kind of a slow burn and it was like more of like people being into the atmosphere and I remember liking it when it first came out. Um, it's been a while since I watched it. I think I've only saw it the one time. I remember being kind of like disappointed with the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, like it kind of just like throws out a lot of the atmosphere for like usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, horror movie conclusions, um, and then but then I also remember watching uh, Ty West's The Innkeepers, and I don't mm-hmm. like that movie all that much. I don't um, like that movie either. I mean, like I don't like I kind of vaguely remember watching it, and I was also kind of doing the slow burn, which is like yeah. oh, that. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't like that movie either though, because I think it's got a really weird tone. Like the first half of that movie, it's like it could almost be like a kids movie, like it's super playful, and the characters are like joking around having fun well, yeah, and, then it, and then it takes like this crazy turn where it's like really like really hor- horrific like there's like that old creepy de- decomposed body but mm. i felt like i don't know because there are movies that blend like horror and like serious or like comedy humor yeah. yeah comedy with like serious things like horror or drama or romance and they can do it really well i just i didn't think he like i didn't think it fit at all so that's another movie people seem to love, but I watched it. I was like, I don't like this very much. Yeah, that it's movie weird. is very, um, I don't know. I'm, I, I like House of the Devil a lot more than The Innkeepers, but. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. But, but uh, and, what has he worked on since? Now that I'm thinking uh, he about did, it. He did some stuff for VHS, I think. Oh, Because him and like Adam Wingard. Yeah, and, uh, oh yeah. He's, they're the, he's the, in that camp of dudes. Yeah, oh yeah, no, he definitely is. I'm just like, is that really all he's done? Like, it seems weird. It's not very. It's I'm, not very active. I'm just looking at right now. I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, he had that in a Valley of Violence that just came out. Oh is God, that, is that a real movie? Yeah, that's a movie that just came out. I've seen people reviewing it. I have no idea if it's any good or not. Oh, he directed The Sacrament. <laughs> oh, is that? I have. I don't even know about that. Is oh, that that's like, bad? Uh, it's found footage. It's uh, oh, it's the, it's it's basically them doing Jonestown. Um, so well, it, that's all it is. Uh, it's no, it's nothing too great. No great shakes. Yeah. No but great, great uh, shakes. another middling effort from Ty West, the new master mm-hmm. of horror. The new master of horror. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, one last one I'm going to throw at you yep. was uh, by your actual buddy Stuart Gordon, and oh. that is Stuck. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so this was actually I, I really like this movie. I thought it was good. It stars yeah. the girl from American Pie, mm-hmm. the cop buddy from the TV show Grimm. And the cop from uh, V for Vendetta. Uh, oh. I'm not going to bother looking up any of these well, actors' I know, names. I'm, well, well, Stephen Ree the girl got, is Mina Cerveria yeah, or something. Stephen Ree is the guy who goes to the gla- the window. Which cop is okay, he? So which cop is he's he? in V for Vendetta. Okay. That and sounds then, right. And uh, then Mina Cervaro, whatever her name is, her boyfriend is in the TV show Grimm. Okay. Uh, I used to watch that show with my mom. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we, we hang out sometimes and watch TV. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Um, and uh, he was okay in this. Uh, so Stuck is a pretty good show. It's about a girl. You see her. She's like a nurse. She's, getting, she's in line for promotion. She seems like a pretty good lady. She's like helping out this dude wash off his shit ass. Um, she's, you're like, yeah, I like this character. But then she goes to the club and she does drugs and alcohol. <gasps> and then she's driving home. And then you 
conversely, you see the guy from Beaver Vendetta, and he's having a really shitty day. Yep. He he got evicted from his apartment. He went to go for find job placement, and they uh, they ignored him basically, even though he had an appointment. He's seen bums everywhere with the slow creeping realization that he is becoming a bum. <laughs> he even he even shares a really like tender moment with an, another bum and the bums giving him like advice that actually makes sense. And he's just like, man, I'm a bum, I guess. So then he's like he gets a cart and he's like, OK, I accept it. I'm a bum. I'm going to go to the shelter. So he's walking and then. A uh, girlfriend from the club on her drugs and alcohol is ripping by and she calls her boyfriend. She's like, yo, man, I want some snacks. And that is <laughs> as she says that she doesn't see him crossing the road. So she hits him and he gets lodged in her windshield. And then so she drives home and parks her car in the garage. And she's like, I don't need this right now. I'm in line for a promotion. As this and man then, is stuck in stuck the windshield in the alive. Windshield. Yeah, uh, and the, yeah. So the movie is like he's still there, and he's like crying out. And she goes in. She's like, "Shut up!" She's like, "Why did you do this to me, God?" It's like I don't need this right now. And he's like, "Please, for the love of God, help me!" And she's like, "Oh, you ruined everything." Um, so that's a movie. I thought it was really good, man. Like, yeah. it is a well put together movie. Um, I had no problems with any of it. Uh, I thought it was good. Yeah, no, yeah. uh yeah, my have I was like I started watching that movie a few years ago, uh, and uh my girlfriend just happened to be like kind of coming and going. I think she was getting ready to go to work and she kind of started like mm-hmm. watching the movie and then th- this bit with him being stuck in the windshield comes along and she's just like horrified. And I I'll tell you what, Chanel is quite the ghoul like me. Yeah. But like there's certain things that really bug her, like particularly like realistic injuries that can happen mm-hmm. to the human body. And so this movie's like just that like a big like a third of the movie is just like bodily injury and so she was just like oh oh she kept looking looking away and then like looking a little bit and she's like so into it but mm-hmm. yeah so i was like i stuck is on to something <laughs> but stuck was on to something but yeah it was good i liked yeah. it yeah, i'd no. recommend for anyone out there for a, totally. a thriller i guess yeah yeah it's not so much yeah horror is like a weird term because it means it's it's the Stuart gordon thing it's definitely more yeah, mm-hmm. a kind of a thriller crime thing but it's kind of horrific <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, good show. Cool. cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, the next movie I'll just mention here is a, a film called Entrails of a Virgin. You, <laughs> uh, Jared. This is a Japanese film uh, from the, the heyday of like Japanese 80s, like trash, pinku, gross movie making, where mm-hmm. this is just a movie about a couple of Japanese sleaze bags who've got some uh, actresses they've taken out to the mountains to take nudie photos of and put them in magazines. And But they've also got the added thing where it's like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get with these ladies because that's what we got into this business taking photographs of people for so we can have sex with hot chicks. And we'll mm-hmm. just like tell them, yeah, we'll, we'll keep giving you work. Just, just have sex with me. And bullying them. And even though you have like another woman that like they did the same thing to before, but now she gets to like sit around and watch it happen again well yeah. this movie's like only like an hour or so long uh because it has to get to the more important aspect where there's like a demon ghost man who's just like wandering around this like abandoned house that they wound up having to be stuck at because of like some like heavy like monsoon like rains that's like kept them from getting back to town and they mm-hmm. so you see all the escapades of them like pushing themselves on these women and things get rapey and like so you get to see all that play out but then the demon rape thing shows up which has which has a giant penis 
it's just ma- it's massive it's a massive wing and it was like uh, me mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it just like yeah it's so you kind of can figure out from there so this thing's also like has super strength and just like punches dudes heads off and like you just like cool. punch through folk and then like he punishes these women with his gigantic cock um yeah Good. so this movie's like pretty like worthless um mm-hmm. i don't know there's a one guy i, I read like in I have pretty similar taste to him and like he had regarded this as like one of the best horror films he's ever seen. And I was like, well, that's one I haven't watched yet. And yeah. so I watched it and I'm like, Oh, okay. Don't- I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't in the mood RJ, but, uh, this movie didn't really do anything for me. Um, uh, apparently mm-hmm. the sequel, which I believe is called entrails of beautiful virgins, uh, is a lot better. Um, but I guess one day I might find that out, but I don't think that day's coming anytime soon. Uh, so okay. I, fo- I followed that up with, a, a Roger Corman production called Forbidden World. Mm. Um, so that, that was a, this is a pretty fun jam. This movie seems to like have wanted to cast Brad Dourif, but they couldn't afford him. So they settled with like someone else. Uh, this oh, movie, the, yeah, the movie's like, I mean, it's super cheap make trying to make a big uh sci-fi but it's got i don't know what, what can i say uh so they have like a guy who's like kind of the know-it-all kind of han solo fixer type of character who's, who shows up and solves problems when like mm-hmm. corporations do stupid things uh so he has to go to a space station where uh, an experimental organism has broken out and they don't they have to keep they want to keep it alive because they're slimy corporations uh this is of course all an original idea that's never been done before mm-hmm. up to this point yep um and so what happens of course, uh, think that this alien thing breaks out and uh, starts killing people and gets bigger and bigger. Uh, there's lots of boobs in this movie, Ooh. lots and lots of boobs, and like people like standing around showering in the buff. Um, Ooh, but yeah, sounds like my kind of movie. Yep, uh, the music's pretty good. The movie's like pretty fun you can observe things like there's like all the corridors of the spaceship you can actually tell that they're made from like just spray painted like um like instant dinner trays <laughs> like mm-hmm. you can actually see like the forms of like yeah that's where food would be put it and they've just put made entire walls out of it and like the top halves are like uh that like sound insulation material that's like kind of like little yep. triangles and that's all the movie is but i mean it really shows that if you like spray paint stuff and then light it well it can look like anything and it's not until like you necessarily point it out to somebody you go wait this movie's actually shot like super cheap but mm-hmm. uh besides that the movie's like pretty decent uh i'd give it a strong recommendation if you're kind of into like uh you know sleazy roger corman sci-fi which i know everyone is but if yep, you look, most people but if you want to get into it forbidden world is not a bad place to go because it's just exactly hmm. what you expect um cool. follow that up with some ernest dickerson uh horror movies he directed a little film called bones from 2003 snor- uh, starring Ooh. one snoop dog Snoop Dizzle? Yeah. So uh, Snoop Lion or whatever. whatever oh, no. Actually, it's or, not Snoop Dogs or Snoop Lion. It's Snoopzilla now, I think. Is it? Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, this movie, uh, I've realized very quickly it was filmed in Vancouver, uh, Canada, Ooh. because there's something right. about, like, the light of filming anything in Vancouver where everything just looks gray. It doesn't even mm-hmm. matter if you're indoors. Everything looks gray. So I don't know if that has something to do with, like, just... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, that's a th- weird light situation that's going on in Vancouver or what. Yeah. But yeah. it always looks cheap and downgrades movies for me because um, Vancouver stinks, I guess, 
even though it's a lovely, lovely mm. place to visit. But I don't know. Don't film your movies there because I'll know and it looks like crap. So this what movie is just about like it's a the broad strokes are Snoop Dogg was a pimp who was uh, murdered by uh, some rivals and I guess he now blames those rivals still as well as his girlfriend at the time as well as his bodyguard. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like Hellraiser. It's like a black Hellraiser Ooh. movie where so his body was left in the basement of this house. Um, the son of uh, his lawyer who was involved with his death, he's now bought the property and he's going to turn it into a nightclub. And uh, one thing leads to another and him and his pals. Actually, also this movie also stars uh, Catherine Isabel from your favorite movie, Ginger Snaps, uh, uh. In, in one of her early performances. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they, they find the bones in the basement and... Uh, they take someone takes one of his pimp rings and um, I don't know people start dying and then of course this makes the the skeleton in the basement start growing muscles uh, and so he gets brought back to life there's some horrendous CGI fire but there's some really really good um, practical effects like there's like a wall of souls that they made that mm-hmm. is like fantastic uh, this is too bad it's not in a better movie. Yeah. Um, because yeah, there's like some pretty neat effects. There's a hilariously bad fat suit, uh, to like show that the one like cop who like killed him at the beginning is now older and fatter. And it's just like, he looks like, uh, Dennis's fat suit when he's like playing his like pedophile lookalike. And it's always sunny in Philadelphia. If you remember that uh, that episode, it's very similar to that. Um, But uh, yeah, it sounds cool. It's I don't know. The movie's just kind of a slogish kind of thing. It's super forgettable. It's not terrible or anything like that. But I would definitely not recommend it. But I wa- I followed this up with Ernest Dickerson's uh, Masters of Horror episode he did called the V Word, and mm-hmm. uh, the V Word in this context is vampire. Um, I thought so, you were going to say something else. Uh, yeah. Uh, so this movie or this little like hour long thing I thought was really pretty good, really solid. It's like. Um, uh, it's just a story about like these two friends who are like just bored playing video games at like the one guy's house, and they decide, hey, you want to do something scary or see something scary, and so they mm-hmm. go to the local uh, funeral home where the one guy's cousin works there. And he says, hey, one of our friends just died. We can go see his body. Yeah, that'll be messed up. So they go, but the whole thing is like staged where like they're kind of going through the house for about the first like this like funeral home for the first like fifteen minutes, and it's like really well done, like. Uh, you often watch like horror movies and you're not really like, you don't buy any sort of suspense or like any mystery. Cause it seems like it's in a rush to get through those scenes, but this movie kind of yeah. lingers on it in a really nice way where you're like, I don't know what's going on. And like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, I think it's like kind of him, like, cause what happens is the scenes, the movie starts with them playing like doom, like a video game. And mm-hmm. then like they have this thing where they're going through like these like silent rooms with like nothing coming out at them. And I think it's like sort of like a weird like thing about video games, like, maybe, but it's just them walking through corridors and they start finding stuff and things start disappearing. Uh, but then they start, they go into like the one room where all the bodies are being kept and they're all like all strewn all over the place and like have been like, look like they've been torn into and there's blood all over the place and they're like of course they're freaked out they find the one guy's cousin um and then one of the bodies moves up and it's alive because it's michael ironside and he's a vampire and but he's like a violent vicious vampire um and he just like goes after one the one friend tears out his throat just right out and drinks and starts feeding off of him his friend has to leave him behind because he just looks like he's dead 
Yeah. He takes off. He gets home. Uh, he hides, he's at his house and he's like kind of cooling down and there's a knock at the door. He, uh, eventually enters it after some hesitation and he finds his friend who's like, kind of like whole, like kind of been bandaged over his like torn out throat. And he's like, Oh dude, Mm -hmm. I just need some help here. Um, and of course one thing leads to another and, uh, now both the, uh, now are vampires. Uh, Mm. and the whole like backdrop is that, so Michael Ironside's character was a, math teacher at their high school who was fired because he was a pedophile. Um, but now he's a vampire and he wants to like raise up a little like vampire army. What a cliche. What a cliche. <laughs> the yeah. Math teacher, pedophile, uh, turning vampires or students into vampires. Yeah. That old chestnut. That was um, like every other goosebump yeah. book. Yeah, I know. So anyway, so this movie, I, I totally dug it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, what can I say about it? Like I said, um, I don't know. If, are you familiar with Vampire the Masquerade? Like, or do you know what that is uh, at all? Not it, at all. Okay, so it's like it's it's a role playing game system. Um, it's kind of like it was like big in the eighties and nineties amongst like goth dudes and like people are into metal. And it's like instead yeah. of playing instead of playing D and D, you're like, no man, we're gonna play fucking werewolf. No, we're gonna play fucking vampire. I want to be okay. with the Nosferatu clan. Like it's like kind of like nerdy gotcha. dark stuff. But uh, after watch like after stuff like this or like something like near dark, I'm always like, yeah, I want to play vampire and have like and play like a really like nasty realistic vampire campaign where all the players are like vampires and just create like weird like horrible like moral situations that people have to play out. I mm-hmm. think it would just be fun and stuff like this reminds me of that. So it just like yeah, I don't know. I dug it. Um, cool. Hey, hey, Jer. Yo. When when you die, I'll come visit your body in the funeral home. Oh, thank you. After yeah. hours, like they did. Yeah, just to see me all messed up after my car wreck. <laughs> Let's go see Jared's body all messed up, man. You'd have like a pizza like stuck in your <laughs> stomach, but like out, the whole thing out like really cartoonish. That'd be funny. <laughs> yep, my death will be a laugh riot. Um, oh yeah. So then I also watched uh, this film called Night of the Seagulls. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't see this one. Oh, no? Okay. So, Night of the Seagulls is the fourth film in what's called the Blind Dead series. Um, sure. There are a bunch of Spanish movies by, I think it's like Armand Osario or something like that. Um, mm. His movies, like, what they are, it's like, they're like my favorite looking undead monsters. Like, they're probably actually one of my favorite franchise creatures. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, what they are is they're Knights Templar um, that were like an evil group of Knights Templar from like the 1300s who like they tr- became Satanists and then they started sacrificing virgins. Um, and then they were caught, they were uh, purified, murdered, burned to the stake. And uh, what happens is like their remains come back whenever they need to for these movies. And all they are is they're like desiccated corpses. Like they're just skeletons inside of like old dirty brown cloaks. And they, they slowly emerge from coffins and like they're total skeleton undead and they're, they ride horses and like, Hmm. and they, like all their, usually like when they're kind of like running towards you, they're always in slow motion. And so like, usually the most uninteresting part of these movies uh, is like the boring people doing their boring things until they come across these like old buildings or castles or old ships. Uh, and then they run afoul of the, the, the blind dead because, okay, the other mm-hmm. aspect of the, why they're called the blind dead is because when all these evil Knights Templar dudes were uh, burnt to the stake, they had their eyes ripped out. And so the mm-hmm. idea is that now that they're skeleton people, 
that that like carried over in the sense that they can't see you but they can hear you um so there's this whole idea of like like when you start seeing them and screaming that's how they detect you and so like in some of the earlier movies there's like more setups with like characters like trying to be quiet but then they can still Mm -hmm. hear you breathing and they can move towards you with their swords drawn and they just kind of and i don't know it's like the t-rex jurassic park approach yeah (laughs) and so i mean it's like these things like are really cheap like they're like not like amazing costumes but uh, there's something like about the design that they came up with to make these things super effective and kind of spooky and they look amazing like I just want to draw them like if I was a kid watching these movies I would have been obsessed with the blind dead I would have been drawing them all day long because they're just like skeletons inside of cloaks and they just mm-hmm. walk around with swords and they ride around on horses and want to kill people it's perfect <laughs> so this is the fourth movie of the ones I had not seen yet I have this like really cool uh, it's like a coffin shaped box that the DVDs put in um, mm-hmm. and this is the last one I had to watch last year I watched the ghost ship which was definitely the worst of the four um and i, th- like, I think there's a bunch of knockoffs of these movies too because the, the costumes just look so good and it's easily easy to replicate so hey maybe one day we'll get a new blind dead movie and it'll be terrible uh i'm gonna rip it off and make my own version Perfect. but instead of blind dead it'll be deaf dead whoa so they just can see you they can just see you <laughs> and they can't hear your scream so every now and then it'll, it'll it'll cut to their shot and it'll just be quiet they should give you all the money for these big ideas of yours yeah that's what i'm saying man mm-hmm. or the butt dead whatever yeah well Continue. i uh, well no I'll, I'll pass the uh the conch back to you sir the conch yeah i have the conch guys uh here's a here's a decision for you jer would you rather a four pack of movies I liked or a four pack of movies I didn't like? Uh, I'm going to do them both eventually, but well, well, let's go through the bad ones. Bad ones. Yeah. Okay. So it, that was a little bit of a bait and switch. Uh, three out of these four movies I didn't like, but it just happens to fall in the place. The first one was okay. Uh, was zombie. Okay. Yeah. You know, by, uh, Fulci. by Lucio Fulci. Uh, and I thought this one was all right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing really remarkable about it. There's a couple really cool scenes. Uh, there's some remarkable looking zombies. There's some pretty cool looking zombies. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I have to explain this. This movie has zombies in it. Well, I, I guess like there's the layout of like a, a boat is found in the harbor of New York, and there's yeah. like an awesome fat zombie, and yeah. then this kicks off people realizing, hey, there's something going off on this island this boat's from. And they all talk like right. this when they're English dubbed. And uh, then they go to the island, and there's a whole lot of nothing happening on that island. Yep. And then zombies yeah. show up at the end. And, and it's, then zombies. And it's pretty cool in the burning building and stuff. Yeah, so there's your description. Yep. Um, I thought that was fine. I thought the scene where all the zombies come out of the ground is really cool. It's yeah. got really nice, like, symphonic music playing in the background. Uh, and it's just like really slow. It's like, I thought that was cool. Um, (laughs) the music or the move or the zombies both. Okay. Both. Uh, I don't know. Not much to say. I thought it was good. I just, I don't think I would like recommend it to anybody, man. Yeah. This is a movie that, uh, I don't get why people really love this movie and like hold it in really high regard. Cause it's like pretty boring. Like it's like not even like top five Fulci movies um, but some yep. people think it's like his one of his best movies and I just I don't get it I, I don't get it either uh, I like his those the three we talk about in Criterion Creeps episode one go back mm. and listen folks yeah. uh, all three of those are way better than this one yep so um, yeah it's fine it's okay if you like Fulci you could uh, you should watch it, a whirl, it. But yeah if, yeah 
yeah, it's worth watching Anyways. if you're in, if you're watching Fulci stuff, watch it. But yeah. I don't think it would be a good. I think that's actually my first Fulci movie, and so that mm-hmm. movie actually turned me off of Fulci for a long time. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, another movie from another Italian bloke. Yeah. Uh, everyone knows I've had a pretty hard go this month with the uh, Dario Argento, but I was a glutton for punishment. I, I dumped right back in to what might be his most. Uh, recognized film, the 1975 uh, air quote classics, Deep Red. Oh, it's Suspiria's uh, number one. Deep Red's probably number two. Number two? Okay. Uh, so anyways, uh, featured in Edgar Wright's Thousand Best Movies, Deep Red is a story about uh, fucking nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Okay, I'll give you a really brief uh, thing here. Uh, some little kid witnessed a murder and then he, there's a psychic who knows that some who the murderer is. So the pr- murderer goes and kills the psychic, and a guy somehow is there at the same time. So the murderer thinks he saw. So the murderer is now killing people that he knows, trying to get to him. That makes that sense. That is deep red. Yep, that's all it is. Uh, this is another movie. Um, it's not like a bad movie, like trauma. Right. There, there are some pretty nice things. Like there's a there's some cool shots he does where he, like he'll. Uh, like zoom in on just like things on a table which are like at the murderer's house but it's all in black so like it doesn't look like it's on a table um i think so this is a movie uh that he he has a long collaboration with the band goblin mm-hmm. uh they were the best part of phenomena uh other than like maiden and motorhead are in there as well um they were in, they did Suspiria as well i think uh oh yeah he, they're all over like the tenabre score um yeah. Lots, lot, lots, so lots of stuff. I'm going to keep watching Argento just for Goblin because I think Goblin is the standout. Uh, if that music wasn't in this movie, this movie would really suck. But just because <laughs> of that, it uh, it makes it watchable. Um, yeah. I don't know. This movie is boring. Uh, it's classic Argento stuff, which is so weird because I've seen four Argento movies. Two of them I actually – well, one I really like. One I think is really good. And then the other two I'm just like, eh, like – I don't know. I can't remember. I think because I watched this one quite a while ago. I don't even remember like the problems I had with it. I just I was like, oh, this movie stinks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I, I can't even. Just, you I don't. Can't. Know, I, I don't. don't I even don't, bother. No. It's there's fine. nothing to defend. Like I don't even really have much to say about yeah. it because it's been a while since I watched it. Um. My memories of it are it's just sort of a movie that kind of just happens. Um. Yeah. I know there's a there's a puppet or a ventriloquist dummy doll mm-hmm. thing then automaton and there's black gloves it's it's a giallo argento thing or it's kind of meandering the story's like kind of hard to yeah. pin down i think there might be a train involved at some point um maybe maybe i, I just watched it i couldn't even fucking yeah. tell you no that's a it's a strange movie it's like very half remembered not even it's like a quarter remembered by me mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know it's definitely not one of my favorite argento movies yeah. um yeah. yeah there's nothing remarkable about it at all so that's Boom. it. All right. Uh, zombie and Deep Red, uh, pretty skippable unless you're screw, really into it. Screw you, Italians. Yeah. So here's another movie that I watched from a guy named Chris Silverstein, but the movie was written by your buddy Jack Ketchum, and that is 2006 The Lost. Uh, I didn't really like this movie. Um, there's nothing like overtly bad about it. Mm-hmm. It's just like I just didn't really like it that much. Uh, the Lost is about – a really pathetic piece of shit kid who uh, just like he's one of those like loser guys who gets off on like bullying or tormenting other people. 
Yep. So he like kills a couple people and, and then he like gets his friends to help him cover it up. And then now he now controls his two friends because he's like, we did that thing together. It's like, you got to like hang out with me. And he's got like a beauty mold that he like, he applies like makeup to and he wears beer cans in his shoes to make him look taller. Um, I don't know, man. And the movie, I don't even know. Like the movie's just about him, like living his life as like a loser kind of being a piece of trash. Yeah. But he's also like, it's weird. Cause it also plays him off as like kind of being really cool. Like people are like really drawn to him, even though he's like pathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know there's nothing I really, there's not a ton I didn't like about it. There are a few things I thought were kind of bad where it's like, it's that weird and it, it, again, it feels like '90s, where like the scenes are all fast forwarded, but the like the background or the foreground is like solid. So he's like with a girl making out on a bed. So the hotel room is like uh, still, but like they're moving like really fast, and it's like over metal music. It's like and they're like moving really fast. Like the motion is like all blurred because of how fast they're moving. I think that's kind of dumb. Um, so what? Uh, what made you? want to watch this movie in the first place i don't know i, I don't know I, that, that I, I, I was very baffled like when you gave me your uh list of movies you were going to watch and like seeing what stuff you could borrow from me i was like mm-hmm. why is he watching the lost like this is like the weirdest movie because like that isn't like i mean i watched it and like i thought it was fine um like i it's more of a story that i find interesting i think um but like, i would never be like hey rj you should check it out so i was like okay you want to borrow lost maybe you'll like it fine but okay. yeah uh, I did like the opening where the song uh, I'm the Pied Piper was playing hmm. and then it happens again later. I like that part. But uh, to answer your question, I don't know. And this will go directly into my next movie because sometimes I see movies on lists or I see them like constantly recommended like in like a genre or something. So yep. I'm like, OK. And like, you know how I don't look into what movies are about. Yep. I just I add them to my watch list. Uh-huh. So I think that's what happened with The Lost. It was probably like a list about like potential real life serial killers or something. And I was like, oh, that sounds OK. <laughs> uh, and then the next one was like best uh, horror movies. The 2000s. Uh, from the 2000s. Uh, so that one was from uh, a real piece of shit guy called Lucky McKee. <laughs> uh, and the reason I say that is because he'll come up later in one of my other most hated movies of the month. Oh, uh, right. I was wondering if you uh, realized that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I realized. Uh, so this guy made a movie called May. Yep. Uh, and I just, I didn't like this like at all. Um, it's like, so basically it's just like a twist on Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, but I, so it's like a lady who has like a googly eye and she has no friends. And because of this, she get, becomes really socially awkward and like like hurts people and stuff like that. And she gets to the point where she's like be, she's trying to be normal, but like people can't like people can't adjust to her quirky eccentric tendencies. So then it like pushes her to like kill people and basically like spoiler she like kills them and frankenstein's a best friend like an imaginary friend out of body parts um i thought this movie was really dumb because (laughs) the the implication i got was that it's like hey kids if you have like a lazy eye no one will be friends with you and everyone will like make fun of you and eventually you'll just grow into this like awkward person who kills people because like I don't know. I know that's not how it works, but that's like the impression I got on this. And I was like, that's a really shitty thing to say. Um, even if it was the case for like, I don't know, maybe say Ted Bundy had like a stutter and people made fun of him. And he's like, that's why I killed people. It's like, okay, I'm sure there's grounds for it in real life. But um, 
I don't even know. I don't even know what I didn't like about this movie. I just didn't think it was very good. Hmm. So I'm just like noticing a pattern of these like uh, early 2000s like horror movies with like female main characters that you don't like, like because Ginger Snaps may. <laughs> I can tell you why I don't like Ginger Snaps. Uh, animal gin- cruelty. Animal cruelty. Yeah. Uh, actually, that's in this movie too. Yes. So I remember you, you were message- you were messaging me while watching it, and I was like, <laughs> you were asking me at one point, should I even bother finishing this? And I was like, I don't know. Like maybe you shouldn't, because it didn't sound like you were enjoying it at any point. Well, it started. It started in like five minutes, and it shows that she works at like a vet hospital or like an animal hospital, and then like you get the impression that she like cut off a dog's arm just so a guy would like come into the vet, and I was like, oh god, I'm not gonna like this at all. Um, <laughs> so that's probably what it is. Like, I don't like Ginger Snaps because there's a lot of like dogs that die in that movie, and I don't really like this movie because uh, this lady hurts a lot of animals. So. Uh, that's what it is. I don't think it's that it's female uh, woman hating Baylog. Woman hating like like you might. Uh, I'm might no suggest. no fun Duncan and woman hating Baylog. Jo- come on, listen to our podcast. It's gonna be great. Hey, I'm pretty sure people know by this point that I just I think it's really dumb that movies like horror, <laughs> horror movies do it all the time because it's like an easy thing. Like you can get away with it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I know like real serial killers practice on like animals too. It's dumb. I think I don't know. So anyways, that's the other movie I just didn't really care for. Okay. Yeah, it's been forever since I watched May. Um, yeah. I, watched it, I bought it on DVD because it was all the hotness back in 2003 when I'm it came sure. out on disc. Uh, and then a friend and I watched it, and I remember liking it a lot at the time. But I think like ever, and I remember like really liking it just because of the type of story it was. But yeah. I've had like no interest in rewatching it. I've like... Uh, I think I even got rid of my copy of it at one point because I remember like trying to rewatch it and just finding it really long, like for mm-hmm. what it was. Um, and then I think I actually I rebought it just for like the sake of completion because it was like three dollars, and I still have never watched it. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's ever going to come about. But hey, hey, that's me, I guess. That's so. me. Uh, yeah, cool. So uh, I then watched. Another uh, Rudy Ray Moore, who you might recall uh, when I watched Dolomite a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, uh, yep. which was a zany black exploitation film. Well, this is his, uh, I guess, third film that he like performs in. I, I I didn't I skipped the one called Human Tornado because I've heard that movie's just bad. Like even like people who are like into black exploitation stuff can say this movie stinks. And I'm like, well, yeah. I don't know if I really want to spend thirty dollars on the Blu-ray just to watch this crappy movie, even though it's got like the second part of this like epic. Uh, documentary that they're working on um, for uh, Rudy Ray Moore. So I, yeah. I jumped though to Petey Wheatstraw because I'd read this uh, this like uh, book uh, called like The Ninth Dimension Forgotten Horror or something like that or something like that. That's what the title was. And I had at this point never heard of like Rudy Ray Moore. wasn't really familiar with them. And I saw this film called Petey Wheatstraw mentioned though because it's like about this guy who's like the son-in-law of the devil. And it's kind of like sounded like it was in the same vein as like Herschel Gordon Lewis horror stuff. And I was like, oh, that sounds kind of neat. And then I saw it was coming out on Blu-ray, and I'm like, oh, cool. And so I kind of watched this thinking, like, this is going to be like a horror movie. And it's like, no, it's really not like a horror movie. Like, so, like, there's, like, that yeah, Lucifer shows up. I don't know. Okay. The sort of the story goes, it's about a man who's just been released from jail. Uh, he was kind of like a kind of pimp slash stand-up comedian who's now out of jail. Um He's come back to the community. 
I think God, or maybe I'm confusing this now with Dolomite. But uh, anyway, it's the same type of character as Dolomite. But this time, uh, him and like all his family, they get wiped out by some like uh, rival stand-up comedians. <laughs> Who are like, oh, cool. who are, yeah, who are vying for like the territory in Los Angeles. Yeah. So what happens is like, it's like this evil, like kind of like gangster figure named Mr. White played by a white man. He gives these like two uh, black comedians money to start up their own show and like put on this big sh- thing at, uh, uh, at a club. Um, and then of course they hear that, oh shit, Petey Wheatstraw is moving back into town. Shit. Ooh, shit. And it's like, oh no, we're going to have to take him out. We're going to have to murder him. <laughs> Because that's what because high high stakes stand up comedy, um, mm-hmm. and so they wipe him out in front of a church because he won't listen to reasoning, just leave on his own, uh, and then so he's dead and a bunch of other people. But he makes a deal with the devil that he'll undo Ooh. all he'll undo all this. And he can go out and get revenge, but he has to marry the do- uh, the devil's stepdaughter or the devil's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so he makes this deal, and the rest of the movie sort of plays out as like it's like a comedy revenge movie. Um. That's like the best way to really describe this thing. It's mm-hmm. it's another wacky kind of thing, offbeat. Um, yeah, the opening scene, you get the origin of P.D. Wheatstraw, where he was like born on a stormy night from uh, his mother, but he like came out of her womb like fully like a 12-year-old child. So you get that yeah. weird like staging of it, and I'm like, I'm not sure if this is supposed to be funny or not, but this is like I think the third movie I've seen like a full-grown child being born out of a large woman. It's just like that was a theme, I guess, in uh, a few films. Uh, uh, that's what I put in all my films. Yeah, all those, scre- those scripts, all those spec scripts you're working on. Yeah. Is that going to be uh, in the Wishmaster? Wish th- yeah. Yeah, Wishmaster 5 through yeah. 28. Yeah. Uh, it's all people getting born out of – adult people getting born and butts exploding and yeah. and uh, no animal cruelty. I wish to be born again. So oh, actually, be it. <laughs> actually, something like that happens in Wishmaster 2. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah a guy's shot and he's like oh, – he's like, do you wish that it – you never experienced this or something. He's like, uh, yeah. And so he reverse ages and then he turns into a fetus. Oh, he, uh, he, he Benjamin buttons. Yeah, exactly. Great. Uh, yeah. So Peter Wheatstraw's okay. It's, I think Dolomite was like just a better kind of more entertaining movie on the whole, but, uh, Peter Wheatstraw's got some, Oh yeah. It's got some really good imagery because what happens is, uh, Peter Wheatstraw realizes with the staff, he's like kind of unstoppable and the, uh, the devil's got no, power over him and so the devil's now pissed that he's been tricked and so he sends a bunch of his devils after him uh these devils are just like they're amazing they're just guys wearing um unisuits with capes Mm -hmm. and wearing like devil makeup and there's like a bunch of them coming in and out of rooms and like it's like turns into a martial arts film uh yeah so that that bit's pretty incredible and definitely uh redeems like kind of the slowness maybe of the first hour when it gets gets to like wackiness uh yeah so mm-hmm. pd weed straw uh and then i watched a recent purchase that i just got from uh it's a company called mondo macabro uh and they put out a bunch of cool foreign exotic films of all ilks um uh, and this particular one is called symptoms which i mm-hmm. had to go out of my way to get a copy of because after watching from beyond the grave uh in that one segment i talked up a lot with um, donald pleasance and his daughter angela pleasance i remember yeah. there's this movie symptoms which stars Angela Pleasance and I'm like well I, I really want to see this now so I watched Symptoms and um, it's like a, it's a really good movie but mm-hmm. it's like you'd have to be in the I think you'd have to be in the right mo- mindset to watch it because it's a slow 70s 
movie. Like it's kind of like what Ty West wants to do with his movies, but he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't have this the the aesthetic taste that I think a lot of like directors in the seventies had when they were making this stuff and when it was like legitimate. It didn't feel like they just like were fans of this type of movie because they weren't. They were just like making these movies because that's the way they felt. Um, yeah. It kind of reminded me too of um, Rosemary's Baby as far as its tone because like I was like really surprised at kind of like how kind of slow going rosemary's baby actually kind of is but it's like all very purposeful so symptoms has that as well but it doesn't have as much like mm, as oomph as much oomph it doesn't have like the like crazy ramping up that like rosemary's baby you know will have symptoms Mm -hmm. kind of just like it's a slow thing about a woman who's like kind of like lost her mind and now she's losing her mind again and she's actually really dangerous um and there's like weird like it's ambiguities abounding it's actually very like uh bergman like it's like actually like in some ways you could say like this is like an ingmar berg movie this is like cries and whispers but more like horror tinged i guess um right it like falls in line with probably stuff like movies like Who Slew, Anti Roo, uh, and kind of like Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, where it's just like these like slow burns about like these like women who are like have lost their minds um, and have gone psychotic and just might kill you at the drop of the hat. But people just don't assume. Well, they're they're just women folk. They can't do anything too bad for you, except when they, once they pick up that knife in the kitchen and just stab you to death. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, symptoms is like. Uh, I like what this movie was. Uh, I, I I would definitely want to watch it again to see if maybe I just wasn't like totally into it at the moment. But um, you have to be in the right mood to watch this sort of thing. I always feel like that that was a problem when I watched this one movie called Let's Scare Jessica to Death. It's a movie oh, that yeah. like it gets brought up an awful lot. Like people really love that movie. Um, but I remember when I watched it, I thought it was just like really slow and like not interesting at all um but like i don't know i always want to revisit it and see if it was just i wasn't in the right mood to watch that type of thing and i think symptoms could be a movie that like you don't want to be in the right the wrong type of mood to watch it yeah but uh, i I felt like i was like i was on the side of it being like this is a pretty good movie and people should totally uh, track it down or go out of their way to watch Mm. it because i think it's very good um yeah uh and then rj i went on a 15 hour round trip uh, drive to Saskatchewan, um, oh, yes. which cut down on my movie viewing uh, a great deal for those two days. However, uh, as soon as I got into the hotel room, I proceeded to watch a movie that I had lined up uh, the night before, figuring after like eight hours on the highway, driving through the prairies and uh, mm-hmm. half of it in the darkness, I just want to watch something that's like really like easy to get through. And that came in the form of the film, The Alien Factor from 1978. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I can't remember the name of the director. It's like Dawn something. But so this movie is about a uh, alien spacecraft carrying like animal wildlife. It's Don Dollar mm-hmm. who directed it. Um, okay. He kind of directs things that, like called Galaxy Invader and uh, Fiend and a film called Night Beast. Uh, Ooh, he loves my his... kind of guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's definitely, I think, maybe one of your boys. Uh, you just don't know it yet. But mm-hmm. um, so the alien factor is about, yeah, a spaceship carrying like, a bunch of like animal wild beasts and it crashes on Earth and those aliens begin to run amok. Uh, the, film has right. the, the film has the audacity to like lift some like 
plot beats from Jaws, where it has a mayor who's like concerned about like uh, what this all these dead bodies like stacking up is going to mean for like tourism <laughs> to this like small yeah. rinky-dink town. I just like laughed and like, oh come on, now we're doing Jaws because yeah. it's 1978. Um, but I don't know this this movie's like pretty crap, but mm-hmm. uh the uh, the practical effects they are like. Uh, flat out, just like, hey, these are our practical effects. We're not going to conceal them. We're not going to hide them. They're out in the open. Hey, we're going to shoot this in the middle of the day in the snow. Our, like, centaur man, who's just, like, walking <laughs> toward, like, the, the sheriff and being shot at. Like, it's unapologetic and just, like, brandishing, hey, this is cheap as hell effects, but they're, like, really cool-looking monsters. Um, mm-hmm. They look like something, like, uh, like a high school, like a really talented high school kid would make with, like, no resources. Um, and like, or like not even high school, that's almost insulting because I'm sure he wasn't that young, but like these things are cool as hell. Uh, Mm -hmm. and the movie's like, it's just like a stupid, like alien monster movie, like in a small town. It's exactly what it is. Um, I think Mm -hmm. like I rated this like a two stars just because like, it's not a good movie, but it's like, it's a high two stars. Like it's like full on, like I would say that like, it's totally worth watching if you like are into monstery alien stuff and Mm -hmm. like you're fine with like horrendous acting unprofessional acting and just like characters droning on about like i don't know psychic abilities and talking about it like it's real and matter of fact um it's like i love that it's like yeah it's kind of like a more real to me than like stranger things honestly Mm -hmm. uh it's like not super stylized and polished it's kind of like rough but like way more memorable and goofy and ambitious like so i don't know i i I think i actually did like this movie but in good conscience i can't say yeah this is a good movie you should like go to your way to watch it it's uh i'm I'm glad that it exists i think it sounds awesome yeah no i think i think you might uh dig it uh -hmm. i mean it's it's slow clunky and like like i said it's amateur hour but it's it's worthwhile i think for if you're into that type of thing uh, mm-hmm. And then I watched, uh, if you recall me mentioning Jan Schwankmeier, and you're like, okay, Jarrett, you're making up names. Well, yeah. I watched his adaptation of the film uh, of Alice in Wonderland in a film called Alice. Um, I so, still don't buy it. Well, so this, the thing with Jan Schwankmeier is his thing is like, he loves old looking stuff and presenting it creepily in the, and it's like European, it has this like that Eastern European stop motion vibe where everything's kind of like kind of off putting. It feels like everything can give you a tetanus and mm. things are all going to smell like mothballs and you don't know when wood's going to give out from under your feet because of like rotting, like things are just old and rotting. And yeah. Um, so like, that's like sort of like the world that he, he has set his Alice adaptation in, but Usually the Jan Schwankmeyer stuff that I've watched and liked is better when it's like short. Like I'm talking like five minutes to 10 minutes long. So this is like Mm -hmm. 90 minutes long and it's just like, there's not enough there to like get you through. Right. Um, So I don't know. Like I appreciated the technique and the, I don't know, the look of this film, but as an actual movie, I don't know. And this is like this thing is also super well regarded. Um, I, it kind of gets like thrown under like the hat of like horror, just because it's got like, uh, like things like I don't know. So like for the rabbit, 
the the rabbit's got to get down the hole and he's got his stopwatch and places to go. So they use like a taxidermied rabbit and they do like, mm. like really like weird stuff where like the rabbit's like lifting its paws up, but it's like hands have been like nailed into the floor because it's a taxidermied rabbit. So you get like yeah. it's lifting up its paw and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess that's how that would go if like a taxidermied rabbit like became alive and it's like he's got he gets he tears a little hole in himself and so like wood chips are always falling out of him and like that's where he keeps his watch it's just like weird little details like that where it's like yeah that kind of like falls into like the horror realm i guess but like i don't know it's pushing it's like dark fantasy and the film like yeah bills itself as like a children's film but like i can't imagine a child like at all watching this like this is for like adults um because it's like just like it's too like it's it's shot so gray and drab uh yeah. i don't know i think kids would just be like kind of like creeped out and like not want to watch it at all um right yeah i'm trying i'm trying to think of why this thing kind of just doesn't work but i think like i've said it all <laughs> like i don't know oh the one thing that's super annoying that you would like oh you would hate it so bad um <laughs> they, they try to capture the storybook aspect of alice where yeah. um they have a care and it's also this this film is like eastern european or like polish or whatever it is and um there's this bits where the characters are all dubbed in english there's not mm-hmm. a lot of it's not a lot of dialogue in it but and it's all like voiced by the girl it's all in her head reading the story i guess and like the characters will say it but then they whenever they finish the character talking they cut to a close-up of the young girl's mouth and it's just saying said the rabbit and Uh... they do it every time someone says something whatever it is whatever's going on in the story it cuts back to this like close-up of the girl's mouth Mm. said the rabbit said alice and like this sounds horrible, Jared. You, you you would hate it. I don't know why you watch this stuff. I would have turned that shit off ASAP. Because you're a ignorant fool. You, you have to, you have to, I, you I'm get... fine with that. You're, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I don't have time to waste on bad things like that. Uh-huh. Although clearly I did this month because I watched a lot of trash. That's but... See? But you have to yeah. know you have to know. You have to watch it all the way through. You have to be well, it's masochism watching these movies. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just like Alice's weird one. I don't know. Like, sure. and people like really like like this thing, but I don't know. It, it's just like way too long. At like yeah, at ninety minutes only. It's not like it's like three hours, but it's just like there's not. It doesn't really do a lot with the story. Like it's it's an adaptation of it. Like it hits like all the parts like later on, like with off mm-hmm. with her head and the playing cards, etc. But. I don't know. The one effective scene in it is there's a bit with, uh, instead of caterpillars, it's all like old socks and they're all burrowing through the old wood floor. And that bit's mm-hmm. kind of like neat, but I don't know. Yeah. No, no great shakes. I'm not going to watch it. Nope. And I would, well, I mean, if you put it on your list, I'd be like, okay, RJ, you're not going to like this movie. <laughs> well, but, as uh, long as you tell me before though. Oh, no, I won't. Cause I, I know I, that, that'll ruin it. I'll let you discover on your own. <laughs> uh, I don't value your time. Yeah, I know. Okay, back to you. All right, talk about these good. Talk about these good movies. All right, I'll talk to you about some good movies, buddy. Uh, so they they come in pairs, actually. Okay. So uh, the first one I'm talking about, I uh, watched a couple of Hammer movies. Uh, so this month I I got one from each franchise. Got the Mummy, the Wolfman, talked about previously. So this was my uh, Dracula and Frankenstein Hammer commitments. Uh, so the Frankenstein uh, was the Revenge of Frankenstein. Uh, from 1958, I think it's the second one. I, I could be wrong. Think you're doesn't right. matter. Yeah, 
um, this one was actually pretty good. I liked it. Uh, in this one, uh, it picks up where the first one ends. Uh, the villagers actually capture Dr. Frankenstein, and they're going to hang him for his crimes. Uh, and then you find out he got out, and uh, he goes to a town, and he starts – he's a doctor in like uh, like a poor hospital – like I don't I don't know I can't I can't think of the word for it. It's just like where bums come in to like get help. He like works there <laughs> as like like a charity doctor, which like makes sense for Frank Doctor Frankenstein. But it's really funny because he like he goes under the alias of Doctor Stein. Oh, and uh, I'm just gonna this is a, uh, a spoiler for the end. He uh, at the end of this movie he does the same thing where he just kind of escapes out quietly and goes to a different t- town. And in that town. He has a mustache and a monocle, and he goes under the alias of Dr. Franken. So he's really really creative in these movies as he, like, brings about new life. But um, so in this one, uh, a guy finds out that he's Dr. Frankenstein because, like, it's pretty obvious. And he's like, why don't you show me how you do your things? And he's like, "Okay." He's like, look. Uh, he's like, I have the body already. I'm just waiting for the brain or the brain and the brain is going to be this guy who's like my servant, who's a cripple and, uh, he's willing to give his brain up. So I know it's a good one. That's why it didn't work last time. Uh, so that's the story. And then the guy, uh, it works. He comes to life. And then, uh, the only thing is the guy, uh, takes a little too fast. The guy in the reanimated body and, uh, he meets, a drunk dude who like beats him up and kind of damages his brain. And then he turns into like a monster kind of cause he couldn't handle it. Um, this one was pretty good. I would recommend it to anyone who's a fan of the Frankenstein franchise. Uh, there's nothing in particular to talk about. I thought one scene was really funny where the guy who's the Frankenstein monster, he like scratches his face and his hand is like gigantic. And I thought that was really funny. And it's like, it's a nice little thing that, they don't really do a lot in these Frankenstein movies where it's like the body parts are dis- disproportional to each other. Um, I thought that was really cool. So revenge of Frankenstein, pretty solid flick. Uh, and then I watched, um, my, my Dracula commitment. And that was the scars of Dracula from 1970. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, Chris Lee's doing his thing. And he was, I, I actually really like this movie. Um, I don't know how it's received from other people, but uh, I thought it was super cool. Uh, this one, it's more or less the basic Dracula story. So it's like uh, a guy winds up in Dracula's castle and then this guy has the audacity or he, he bangs Dracula's girlfriend. So that's one thing. And then uh, Drac, like, come, or Drac like, comes in the room and he's like, what the fuck? And this guy has the audacity to like, go after Dracula because like after he just got with his girl, I was like, oh man that shit ain't gonna fly uh so dracula like basically kills that dude and then he stabs the living shit out of the girl like and i thought it was really like a really the scene comes out of like nowhere it's like he's dracula and i I guess she was a vampire so he couldn't like bite her but he just stabs the piss out of her and that's like not that part but uh this movie really stood out for me because dracula is fucking cold as ice in this movie uh he he's got like an igor sidekick and uh, he does something bad so dracula heats up a sword and just like (laughs) burns his back with it his hump yeah he just burns his hump with it and i was just like holy shit i was like that's a that's pretty weird. Um, there's another really cool scene where uh, a character gets lightning bolted and then explodes. Um, 
yeah, that's about it, really. Uh, I liked it. It's a good uh, Chris Lee joint, um, mostly because like all the stuff with the other people is pretty boring, but uh, the stuff with Christopher Lee as Dracula was pretty cool. And it's mostly just because he's he's fucking cold as ice, and he just like straight up tortures people. And there's a cool thing too, where it's like they talk about how he can command bats, and then he sends like a bat after a dude. And I thought that was really fun too. So Scars of Dracula, mm. pretty good show. I liked it liked it so uh, my next pair of movies Jared yeah. are not going to help my case uh, for the not I am not a woman hater because I really <laughs> like these two movies and the first one was Slumber Party Massacre and the second one was Sorority House Massacre oh. and both of which uh, just a house full both of which a house full of ladies just get killed by a serial killer um, but they were really good uh, the first one's pretty good uh, Sorority House Massacre 2 I thought was really good like it totally surprised me um, so you might be confused here uh, these movies are actually uh, Sorority House is actually a sequel to Slumber Party even though it has a different name but it's like a semi-sequel it uses footage from the first one mm-hmm. but like tells the story in a different way and I'm sure there's something about like producers or some shit I can't remember it doesn't yeah. matter uh, we're not about facts here on this podcast not me. I don't got the time for it. Um, Slumber Party Massacre. Uh, girl, uh, a guy escapes from like a mental hospital and he like finds this house of girls who are having a slumber party. He just kind of kills them. He's got like a really big drill. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. He's got a van. Um, he's got a van. Uh, I thought the kills were good in it. Um, it's it's really funny too because near the end of the movie, the three the three final girls like. Uh, the one of the final girls is just like, all right, I've had enough of this shit. And she like picks up a chainsaw and then she like picks up a, a like a knife and she's just like full on goes after this dude. And he's just like, Oh, what the fuck? Because she's like coming at him real hard. I thought that was pretty cool. You don't see that that often in these eighties, like bikini movies, <laughs> um, sorority house massacre too. So this one was, uh, more or less the same thing. It's actually, but it's like a house of a group of girls who are starting a sorority and it's in the house where the first massacre occurred. And it's I thought there was some fun stuff in here. Uh, the neighbor's just a real fat piece of shit. And he's really creepy and is breathing really deep all the time. Uh, and there's a scene where he's just eating a bowl of raw meat, which I thought was really weird. Um, I don't even know. I can't like I was thinking of back to this because I didn't even watch it that long ago like a week ago but i almost don't even remember (laughs) very much about it but i do remember that at the time jared when i watched it it was exactly what i needed it was just like mindless i don't know nudity and people getting killed and it's really goofy and it doesn't really take itself very seriously so that's a jim ornorski too yeah that one the first one was directed by a lady like amy yes. golden or something like that yeah but uh yeah the second one was a jim wernorski uh so this was way better than chopping mall um i think so at least okay. so uh yeah that was that was really good too um and i'll throw another movie out there i watched piranha by joe dante uh piranha go into a stream or they're like mutated piranha and then they start eating people and i thought it was fine uh I'm just throwing it out there. There's, I don't really have anything to say. I thought it was fine. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, but I mean, you want to watch a movie about piranhas? There you go. Huh. That's it. That's that. Um, yeah, no, see, I'm trying to like, now I'm like confused about the slumber party massacre, um, thing. Cause see, there's like, there's a there's slumber party massacre and then there's okay. a slumber party massacre too. 
Uh-huh. See, but, but then you said you watched Sorority House Massacre 2. Yes, but, which is which, technically a sequel. To Sorority. Slumber Party. To Slumber to Party. Slumber Party. But, it uses what, scenes from what, Slumber but, Party. Weird. Okay, so, and then there, because there is a Sorority House Massacre one. Yeah, but when did, when did it come out, though? So sorority House Massacre? Uh, well, uh, internet says 1986. Okay. Well, that was before then. But so that's why I thought it was confusing. No, it's super confusing. I think they converge. I think they're like both sequels. Or it's a sequel to two different films. Yeah, that makes sense. But it does like, it it literally uses footage from Slumber Party Massacre. Because when they get there, uh, one of the lead girls is like, this is the story of what happened here. And it shows clips from the Slumber Party Massacre. Okay. So I was like, I thought it was weird too. But uh, I had them in my list in succession. So I guess when I put them in there, I must have heard it somewhere that it was like technically a sequel. Is this the same like source you read that uh, Demons and Demons 2 and Nightmare, Night of the Demons were uh, a film franchise? It's possible. Okay. But hey, this one was actually, it actually had scenes from that movie. So I mean, you can't. Yeah, I mean, there's that. They're somehow connected. There's definitely, there's some sort of, somehow a producer gave rights over to it and they just used a different title because it's not confusing at all. No, I remember like some other podcasts have like talked about this strange distinction and it gets like even muddier. It's like the Mm -hmm. like Dawn of the, it's like the Night of the Living Dead trilogy like series and there's like the 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 demons trilogies there's like nine demons movies and there's like two demons fours and they have nothing to do with one another Mm -hmm. zombies like that too people people have been trying to sort this out for for decades to no avail well i don't i don't know the answer but next halloween uh maybe i'll watch all the slumber party and sorority house movies so i'll be able to give you a definitive answer on which ones are connected okay or not. I don't yeah, care. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I don't know. What, mm-hmm. whatevs. Yeah. I, I, I think I mentioned before, like, I don't know. There's something about like the whole like sorority house slasher, like genre that like just doesn't do anything for me, particularly, um, because I think like Summer Party Massacre was okay, but the one I watched mm-hmm. this month was like that to, to, to all a good night, which was yep. just crap. But Did it I, have uh, a lot of naked ladies in it? Uh, yeah, lots of people getting down, but I don't know. Nobody gets down in this one, but there are a lot of naked. And there's a really funny scene where they're in the kitchen and they know the guy's inside, but they're in their underpants and they're like, we got to leave. And they're like, but we forgot our clothes upstairs. And then they just run out naked. (laughs) I thought that was really funny. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because I haven't seen a lot of these things that I'm like, hey, that's, that's fun. Well, I mean, it seems like you like your movies that have empowered females. That's what I'm getting out of all this. Well, the first one it did. The that's like I said, and at the end, the three ladies really take charge and take out the drill man with his drill penis. Right. So uh, when you have to watch uh, Brian De Palma's body double, that that's got like that's got some it's got some wacky uh, hardware used on human bodies. Yeah. Oh, fun! Good times. Um, yeah. So then. I watched a Australian television movie from like, I don't know wherever it was in the seventies, eighties. It's called night of fear. It's like an hour long 
and mm-hmm. I can't believe that this aired on television because this thing's messed up. So the oh. whole it, it's just like a story about a woman who gets uh, accidentally run off a road into like a forested area that's kind of got a like a bit of a mud road that she continues driving along, thinking it'll get her back onto the highway rather than like driving back up the hill onto the road that she just got driven off of, and she kind of gets stuck uh, because this road's been like closed and it's going to mm-hmm. be worked on, but it turns out that there's a like maniac in the line of like eaten alive kind of like hillbilly trash man who just like kills people um yeah so the, the, the whole thing is just like him chasing after her for an hour um and you get to see like the inner workings of his like day-to-day life where he feeds cats to his rats he has a, he has a rat oh, he, has, he has a rat colony and he he's, he feeds like whatever comes along like cats that's not good, Jer. Uh, no, and uh, but then I don't know. He eventually. So this movie like is so grim. Like uh, spoilers, folks. He like catches the girl, and uh, he feeds her to his rats. And you think that like, she's gonna get away? It's gonna be like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She's gonna break out of this like old like hut in the middle of the woods and like find her way to a highway and get saved. Mm-hmm. Like that's how these things usually end. But no, no, she just gets eaten alive by the rats. And he, yeah, it's, I don't know. There's okay. a, there's a bit where she's like tied to a bed and he like comes out completely naked, but he's got like a decapitated head in front of his dick. And he's just standing there in front of her completely naked on this bed with his dick. And I'm like, what? Like, this was a, tel- this was a TV movie. What <laughs> like, do you not do that? I don't, I don't. Uh, I, I'm also, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they did that in a Roseanne Halloween special. So oh, I think okay. these guys just ripped ro- off Roseanne. Oh, so this is like Roseanne Barr laying naked on the bed of Dan with a like severed head. No, it's reversed. Oh, okay. It's Dan. Yeah. And the rats are the kids. Okay. And that, oh, and that, that played on ABC or whatever Roseanne was housed on. ABC, it's a family one, network. One of those, one of those uh, Halloween specials. Yep. <laughs> Check it out. From 91, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that was like, that movie, like, I don't know. It was, like, so over so quickly. I was like, what? It's done? <laughs> it's abrupt. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, what a weird film. <laughs> like, I just, it wasn't like all what I was expecting, I guess. And, like, and there's, like, no dialogue. It's, like, almost, like, it's just, like, sound and, like, pure screaming and running away because the guy never really talks other than to go, huh, huh, and go out and run after her and feed 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 his rats. I like the sound of that, Jer. Yep. Uh, I followed this up with a little film called Dead Kids. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, so, Weirdo. Well, this film... Uh, it kind of got dropped on me out of nowhere because over on Facebook, I was like looking at like some list popped up because someone I knew commented on it. And it was like the top 50 eighties horror movies of all time. And mm-hmm. I scanned through it. I think the only thing I hadn't watched yet on there was Wolfen, which I will get to briefly. Um, and then I saw the guy who commented on it was Stephen Bissett, who is one of the uh, big artists that drew the Alan Moore swamp things. And, oh, cool. and he just made some comment that, Dead Kids uh, from like 1981 is like my favorite 80s horror film. And I was like, Dead Kids? And I was like, that sounds mm-hmm. vaguely familiar. I've seen that pop up on some podcasts in passing and whatever. And I was like, well, sure, I'll give it a whirl. I'll go track a copy down. And I watched it. And this movie is actually pretty terrific. Um, mm-hmm. It actually reminded me a lot of all these other movies that people all love except for me. Things like Phantasm 
and another movie called Death Dream. Uh, it's it's got okay. all the vibes of those movies, but all those movies always have left me kind of like underwhelmed. But Dead Kids, right. like it totally like is actually a well made movie with like. Uh, so the story goes that um, there's a research um, science organization in town that's like paying high school kids money to like test out these new drugs that they're pushing. Um, the one kid. His uh, mother died tragically, and part of the reason was because she was working at this science research thing, and she might have been involved with some of this drug testing, um, and she abruptly quit and then killed herself. Um, mm-hmm. And so the, the his father, uh, the widow, he like kind of holds this place with a grudge, and he suspects something was always wrong there, but he can't prove anything. Sure. Uh, and so like you get the sense, kind of like oh, they're like kind of like now it's like dad and son kind of on their own. You get this driven home in a scene where like dad's just in the uh, bathroom like uh, shaving, and his son just like walks into the bathroom completely naked, waiting to like use the bathroom like you do. Um, mm-hmm. We all remember those, those days where you're just like hanging out with your dad, hanging schlong out and uh, waiting to use the shower. <laughs> like, no one's sort of a towel in this, this fucking house. Um, mm-hmm. So what happens is uh, a bunch of kids in this kid's high school, they're going to get this like this drug testing money. And what's happening is that this uh, drug that's supposed to increase your intelligence, it does that, but it also makes you uh, a Manchurian candidate-style assassin for the mad scientist who's running this corporate science uh, organization. And right. it kind of just goes from there. Um, but yeah, no, like the movie's like got some cool like Halloween dance party scenes and like really kind of like abrupt kind of stalking cameras that like just show people getting cut down and murdered, like quite like mm-hmm. bloodily. Um yeah, no, like I think this movie's really cool and uh should be watched by more people. I've actually noticed that people seem not to be a big fan of this movie, which I thought was so weird because these are the same people who think Phantasm's like a five star affair. And I think yeah. Dead Kids is like just a better made movie in a lot of ways. Hmm. But yeah, no, Dead Kids is really cool. Um I can get down on that. Yeah. And then uh yeah, I watched Wolfen and oh, yeah. that movie is way too long. <laughs> Um, it's got, uh, Albert Finney wearing a headband. He's mm-hmm. a, he's a cool cop. He's a cool detective on the case, mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, New York. I think this movie starts off with like some really cool potential. Like it's really well stylishly, realistically shot. Uh, mm-hmm. really, it's real widescreen shot in New York in 19, early eighties. Lots of shots of the world trade center. And there's like all this like talk of like terrorists, which I thought was kind of odd. Um, cause they basically write off these people being murdered, uh, by these like wolves, these like wolf spirits as like terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they uh, make those conclusions, but they do. Okay. Uh, and the movie just like, I don't know. It just goes on and on and on. Uh, it's kind of let down by this. I, ca- I guess like after coming off the high of bad moon, I was expecting more from uh Wolfen, but I don't know. This movie just seems super padded out. It's got Gregory Hines, everyone's favorite Gregory Hines. Every- huh? Gre- I know Syrian Hines. Oh, I don't know if that there's they're related, but uh, uh let's say they are. Okay. Yep. Um but yeah, so he's in it. Um but I don't know. It's like this movie about like 
Indian spirits and like the wolves are like evil spirits who are like defending some real estate deals. That's like a real uh, deal killer. I think for me is when your movie starts talking about like real estate, real estate. it's just like those like Richard Donner, Superman movies. Like the whole thing's yeah. about like real estate deals and like Luther's involved. It's like, Oh my God, land, land grabs and developments. Like this is like, terrible stop it and that was like the thing Mm -hmm. though in the 70s and 80s i guess is all about land yeah well you know what they say about land you're there's not enough of it maybe i don't know i don't sure that's lost donald trump about it one day okay um yeah and then i checked out a couple good movies uh highlights actually for me of the month uh john carpenter's someone's watching me uh, this was a TV movie that he made before Halloween. Um, hmm. Yeah, and uh, this is, uh, I think, a real banger. Uh, it's just like, it's super, super simple. It's about a, a TV person, or it's like an investigative journalist who wants to like work in kind of like in the TV anchor world. She's just moved from New York to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and she's moved into like her new high rise, and she's all ready to go. Um, right. pick up dudes and like make her life. She's an independent woman, so maybe you won't like this, RJ. But uh, hey, no. <laughs> but uh, what happens is uh, across from her, she, it's not unbeknownst to her, is a man with a, a telescope watching her. Um, and it's like awesome because like basically they're doing the whole thing where like the telescope is kind of an extension of his penis, and it's just like gazing out at her. I I love it. I love the uh, how obvious it is, but it works because like these oh. like panning shots of like the telescope because you don't see him until the very end of the whole thing. Um, and it's just like she starts getting presents and like notes and phone calls, and then there's the whole thing where it's like the police are powerless to do anything about it because it's the '70s and we don't have laws for like <laughs> dudes for dudes like creeping on you but not like actually saying anything directly right um so yeah that is know, the law. yeah that's the law i can't do nothing about it lady uh-huh. you just gotta suck it up so yeah things just kind of go from there uh well uh adrian bardo she's in this she plays a lesbian that's her <gasps> character and, and but it's just done like she's a lesbian it's all matter of fact which was real like cutting edge i guess for the late 70s mm-hmm. to not make a big deal about it um, mm. she's just hey, that was a, that was another reason I didn't like that May movie. There's like really weird lesbian stuff shoe, shoehorned in there that seemed really gratuitous. So, um, well, I shouldn't lend you my Jess Franco movies, I guess. Well, I think he'd be more upfront about it. I think the reason <sighs> I didn't like it is because, uh, it seems like May's just a real pretentious take on it. It's like, isn't it cool? Or maybe it's not. We don't care. Hey kids, haven't you watched the craft? This is movies like the craft. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. Anyways, so someone's watching me. Um, yeah, uh, John Carpenter is just showing off that he knew how to work the camera. He knew how to pace stuff out. It's got super mm-hmm. nice editing. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I kind of I got a box that like Warner Brothers put out. It's called like the Twisted Terror Collection, and I got it mostly for because it had the hand with the uh, Michael oh, uh, Caine, yeah. um, yeah. and like one of the other films in it was Someone's Watching Me and like Dr. Giggles, which I've got around to watching this month. But yeah, Someone's yeah. Watching Me is like really good. Um, mm-hmm. I wish I'd got to it a little bit earlier. I mean, I'm also a big sucker for TV movie uh, aesthetics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Actually, I think like on the the Shockwaves podcast when they were talking to that uh, Laywid Waddell guy, they were talking about like uh, like American like horror uh, television movies, and like yeah, I'm like totally on the same page. There's just something about like the feel that those movies have, um, that TV movies have, particularly from like the 70s and 80s. That uh, yeah, I mean, I wish like mainstream movies being released in theater would be like even like half as good sometimes as those. Even like the much praised mm. movies, like it's like not a perfect world. <laughs> yeah, I won't name any. Which movies. much praised movies? Ah, Sicario. <laughs> oh, I thought you liked that movie. Uh not terribly. Time has fizzled that one. I for don't you. know. I I don't know. Something about it. It's not for me. That type of stuff. Anyway, that has nothing to do with this. But those type yep. of movies, I'm like, I wish like a TV movie of Sicario would be wicked. But uh, something about it gets lost outside of that wicked, uh, amazing Roger Deakins cinematography. Oh wait, yes, sir. that movie's very flatly shot. And but yes, it's got sir. So, uh, man, I could talk about Sicario some more. But hey, we'll save it for the creeps. The creeps. Okay. Uh, those people will be way more fitting for uh, Deakins talk. Yeah, that, that movie because like Sicario like has like horror like elements. <laughs> With people you think it you think it's a horror movie for the first 10 minutes and then it changes oh man that movie's got some really great bits to it and then brolin just gets to play the lazy cia agent guy that's mm-hmm. that always sucks in movies just like you this like me uh my other uh all-time classic movie i watched this month uh right at the end here was criminally insane from 1975 and mm. i have to add that it's quote unquote criminally un- insane uh, okay. That is in the title itself. Um, this is a movie about a woman named Ethel who it's morbidly obese. This is a plot point, like active mm-hmm. plot point. Like it's brought up constantly about how fat and disgusting she is and how she needs to not eat as much. Um, and she, but she, and it's like why she's miserable, but she's also uh, like insane. And uh, so she's just been picked up from uh, uh, an institution by her uh, mother and uh, within like an hour or so of coming back home, like her her mother's like locked up all the food cabinets and stuff like that. And this just makes Ethel very angry and Ethel murders her. And yep. uh, so she then calls like the uh, local grocery store to come and deliver her groceries. And they're like, well, we can't bring any more groceries till you settle the bill. And she says, well, I'll pay it when you get here and I'll pay you the full $80. And there's the important exchange where she says, yeah, uh, just tell me what the regular order is. Okay. But uh, just make that four and a half gallons of ice cream rather than the usual two. It's <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's good. And then, uh, so the delivery boy shows up, and she has no money, and so her plan was just to murder the delivery boy. And hmm. then that's that, and she's got the food. Um, she, she might be onto something. Yeah, and so like I think like then uh, her cousin moves in. Cause, and it's like the assumption okay. is like, yeah, her cousin just shows up, but her cousin actually is a prostitute now. And so she's like bringing dudes back Aww. and like banging them. And Ethel's fine with this as long as like she gets some money from it. But uh, yeah. eventually yeah. The, the turn comes and Ethel has to kill both of them. And then she starts like, oh, I'm running out of food. Better start using these bodies for food. And Aww. so she starts eating them. Um yeah, I man, this movie I loved it so much. It's like oh, it's like a, it's an hour long and it's like unapologetically like just trash, um, super cheap. But it has like I don't know. It's it's uh my uh, friend Evan. He's very fond of using the expression tight. He's it's moves straight. It's very tight. Uh, like everything there is there for a reason and like all the dialogue is like this sort of like super stylized John Waters dialogue where characters just like talk like 
like they say inane horrible things to one another, which I'm a big fan of. Like yeah. it's like when people say, you know, you're some, if you were such a big fat piece of shit, you know, maybe your life could get normal. I'm like, I love that. <laughs> well, Sounds like the Wishmaster movies. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's it's like how the how everyone but the Wishmaster talks. Um, yeah, but yeah, the movie. Like, uh, so there's actually a sequel to this. It's called Crazy Fat Ethel Two. Oh my god! Yeah, because Criminally Insane also goes by Crazy Fat Ethel, and then there's Crazy Fat Ethel Two, which I think like half of the movie is just reusing footage from the first yeah. film, um, and then the same actress she shows up in a few movies called Death Nurse, and I think there's like two of mm. those. Um, she's she's great. She like is very monotonous and like just perfect for like playing like obnoxious, horrible, like psychotic women. So she's great. Mm-hmm. A grade A for that. Um, okay. and it's got okay. a, and it's got an awesome movie poster, bright yellow. Don't see that more, uh, often enough. Um, yeah. so yeah, big fan of criminally insane. It sounds good, yeah. but I don't think I'll probably ever watch it. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it would be your speed. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, okay. it's definitely a J dog number though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh J dog. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, and for my, uh, my last film I watched for Halloween, I watched Poltergeist 3. Whoa. This was a a recommendation, actually, uh, because, I don't know, I kept hearing people say, you know what movie's pretty good? Poltergeist 3. It's really, really under-discussed. It's actually really great. And so, Mm -hmm. like, well, I guess I'll pick up that Poltergeist 2, 3, like, two-pack that's, like, super cheap on Amazon. Uh, Earlier on, I watched Poltergeist 2, wasn't a fan, and watched Poltergeist 3, and, yep, still not a fan. I'm just mm-hmm. not a fan of the Poltergeist series at all. Um, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, definitely the first one. Like after watching the last two, it's like, oh yeah, it's like got some really good effects, but it's like a mm-hmm. dumb. It's a dumb movie. Um, that Toby Hooper. I don't know. Mm-hmm. When that, are you gonna watch the remake? Uh probably not going to do that. You will one day. No. And then you're gonna eat your hat. Uh, no, not buddy. until not until I hear on a podcast how it's actually really good and I should check it out. Then I'll be easily Aww. manipulated. So maybe like I'll listen back to this podcast when you told me it was really good. I never said that. Oh, see then I'm, then I'm fine. Okay, okay. So Poltergeist Three, uh it's directed by a guy named Gary Sherman, who I actually like a, a fair share of his movies. He directed this one called Dead and Buried. Uh he also directed yep. this really sweet piece of sleaze called vice squad that really needs to get released on blu-ray that movie's awesome mm-hmm. you, you should definitely borrow that one for me rj one day mm-hmm. um and he'll start this movie called dead meat uh raw meat uh it's, mm-hmm. got, it's got like an alternate title too and it's coming out on uh, from blue underground on a blu-ray with donald pleasance it's about cannibals uh in the like london subway Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so Poltergeist 3, the only thing really worth recommending about this thing is the mirror effects and all the kind of like practical effects that go along with like mirror stuff and like yeah. things moving in the background and whatnot. There's a lot of that yeah. and it looks pretty good. But uh, Tom Skerritt is the the uncle because they, re- they I guess, uh, Coach didn't come back to uh, reprise his role. Craig, didn't, didn't, Craig was busy, I guess. Um, and Nancy Allen's in it looking, I don't know, well fed. Uh, they they had to replace, uh, uh, the little girl from the first two poltergeists because she died. (laughs) Oh yeah. Is this, was this the cursed movie or is that number two? This is the cursed franchise. 
the franchise. Yeah, because yeah. like lots what, of lots of dead uh, actors in this series. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Poltergeist three. Um, yeah, I don't know. They replaced yeah. her with a girl. It's just like I don't know. Doesn't work at all. She is like mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of distracted by how goofy looking she is. Like her hair is like not right. I don't know. This movie's mm-hmm. junk. Uh, Lurflin boils in it and not particularly memorable. Um, mm-hmm. they, they, they even had to like recast the guy who played uh, Kane. The guy was like talking about how he's like a Joe Hill villain um, sure. from the second one. They had to re- they replaced him with a new actor, and he looks terrible. Like the makeup all looks mm-hmm. like shitty, and I don't know. This movie's junk too. So Poltergeist stinks. All of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't well, avoid. I'll watch them, but we'll see. You were talking about not wanting to waste your time. <laughs> well, in like a yeah. year or two. Well, maybe. You, you can watch Alice then too, I guess. No, I don't want to watch that one. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, anything else? Are you done? Uh, well, I could be done. I've got like two things. I, I have like two groupings of things I could talk about. Uh, well, uh, I'm just going to bang off all the ones I have left uh, just really quick because okay. – um, uh, because I'm writing a thesis and my life sucks right now, so okay. I need to get back to that. Do it. Uh, okay, so I watched The Fog by John Carpenter. It was yep. good. Atmospheric. Uh, it's a little slow in some parts, but overall I liked it. Done. <laughs> see, I'm about, see, Fog was the one I wanted to talk about because like, I found Fog super underwhelming. Okay. Um, like, I don't know. Like, I think the, the pirate hook thing, like, I don't mm-hmm. know. That was bullshit. Like, I think that sucked. Like, I don't know. I found them like really... so here here's the thing. I, I know what you're talking about. I agree with you. Uh, I feel like there's a, a good point or a good chunk of this movie where it's just kind of like nothing's really happening. Yeah. And then I know your pirate complaints. That's fine, too. But as a whole, I was like, nah, it's better than some of the I was like, I like it more than a lot of the other things I watched. So <laughs> but as far as like a John Carpenter movie goes, I mean, this movie's like pretty uh, wi- like widely regarded. And I mean, in yeah. the contrast in the content of like, God damn, like Prince of Darkness, uh, the Mouth of Madness, mm-hmm. uh, or even like 80s, like The Thing, Halloween. I mean, this movie's like not good. So I, it's definitely not as good as any of those. All those movies are really great, and this, I think this movie's just good. But uh, I, I agree with you. A lot of I see this pop up all the time. People are like one of his best works. It's like yeah, eh, fucking, not not when you compare it to what nuts. his actual movies. Because he, like, he's got I think eight or nine movies that are like awesome. Like I'd watch any of those any day of the week, and those are all better than The Fog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think it's like, yeah, Fog is just like so, like, I don't know. John Carpenter's weird because, like, when I look back at, like, how his career and, like, what, what I actually regard as, like, best movies, there's, like, the yeah. ones that, like, people really like that I don't like that much at all. Like, Big Trouble in Little China, not a fan. They Live is just okay. Um, even, like, Assault, Assault on Precinct 13, I don't think is, like, as great as people think it is because other than the opening and the music like the music is awesome like great like it's like yeah. one of his best pieces of music but i don't think that's like an awesome awesome movie uh mm-hmm. it's been a while since i've watched christine uh i've actually still not watched starman which i guess i should probably do mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean like i don't know he's got some junk under his belt but uh i i agree with you that they live is just okay yeah but uh, i do i do like big trouble it's 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 got it's good for its own reasons yeah i i think that that movie just comes down to taste like it's just not like anything yeah. i like but people That's like fine. it which is fine it's got some cool mm-hmm. effects but i don't know mm-hmm. but yeah the fog so, man the music's good 
Yep, music's uh, good. But yeah, I don't know. Tom Atkins, Jamie Lee Curtis. Like on paper, this movie should be like phenomenal, but I don't know. It seems like it doesn't like go as far as I'd hope it would. Or it would have gone. Like the the yep. deaths and stuff like that aren't great or memorable. The yeah, that, it's yeah. It's really lacking on kills, especially in the back end of this movie. Yeah. Um. But anyways, anyways, so the next one I watched was Body Bakes, which is another John Carpenter deal. With, uh, with John Carpenter. With John Carpenter. And I thought he was really good as like the coroner dude. He was like, if he's that wacky in real life, sign me up, baby. Um, I don't think he's I don't think he's that fun. Oh, well, he was fun there. Uh, so this was just an anthology movie. Yeah. Um, on the whole, I thought it was fine. Uh, it wasn't the worst anthology movie I watched this month, uh, but there were there was a couple segments I really liked, like the one he did uh, called Hair with Stacy Kitch. Yeah, five out of five. That one was fucking hilarious. Um, yeah. I loved it. You you see a, st- a shot of Stacy Kitch with that really long hair, and it just put a smile on your face. I'll throw it. It's Keech, I think. Stacy Kitch, like, like Peach, like Peach Keech. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep calling him Stacy Kitch because he's my buddy. Anyways, Body Bakes was fine. Uh, Mark okay. Hamill's Mark Hamill, the his baseball player mustache. Yeah, the... I, I thought it was really funny how at the end, um, John Carpenter's like, why didn't he? It's like I don't know why this story happened. Why didn't he just become an umpire? And I was like, oh, it, it seemed like he was just making fun of the the short. And I was like, well, that's fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's fine. Uh, and then I watched Return of the Living Dead 2, uh, which was also, uh, I could jump all, bunch all three of those movies together. I thought they were all like good. Um, there's one line where a kid calls another kid an ass wipe. And I think that's a really funny, um, (laughs) really funny, like thing to say to someone. Uh, and then, so this one has some pretty killer practical effects in certain moments. Uh, just like the first one, but it's not as good as the first one, but it's also not bad. Okay. Um, it's fine. Uh, I'm going to keep rolling here, Jer. I'm Yo, keep, keep rolling. going. I'm going to Hit him out. Uh, then I watched Beyond the Black Rainbow, which was just trash. <laughs> uh, it's just super fucking boring, yeah. uh, pretentious art house garbage. Yeah, fuck that movie. Uh, and um, that, this movie, people love this movie I, so yeah, much. I know. That's you and so, you, I don't know. You and me are like the only people who don't like this, I think. Uh, it's, I, it's this so is why I, I didn't tell you about this movie beforehand because I was like, mm-hmm. I want you to watch this without me mentioning anything about it because mm-hmm. I, tr- I couldn't even finish it. I, I, I've never finished. I just lose total interest in it and I'm like, yeah. I'm done. And like, I don't care about it. Like, it's all the things I like though. And that's the thing that's super frustrating about this movie. Like it's like institutions and like weird experiments. Like the, the music is like totally in weird, like color yeah. coding and like everything is there for me to like love this, but mm-hmm. the movie s- sucks. Just, there's no point to it. Yeah. I don't there's know. no point. Like it's, there's nothing about this movie that makes it like worth watching. Like it, there are certain times where it's visually pretty, pretty stunning and the sound is good. But other than that, it's just like, it's like this movie doesn't need to exist. They're not saying anything like, and it's fine. Like movies don't have to say anything. Some of my favorite movies about like giant butts, like they're not making a (laughs) statement about like society or anything, but like, I just thought it was, I don't know. It was dumb, man. Like I just hated it or yeah, bad movie. I don't, and again, the reason it was on here was because it was on a list of scariest movies of the last like 10 years oh, or something. Oh, yeah. This movie and is uh, like, oh, man, I looked it up on old letterbox. People love it. They love it. No, it All sucks. Over, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, and then um, I watched a movie called I Saw the Devil. Yeah. 
Uh, and I thought that was fine. I think it gets a little ridiculous at some points <laughs> where it's it's like super over the top. And um, uh, like I'm not I'm not mad at it for that, but mm-hmm. it's just not really my bake. So I think that's a solid three star for me. I was like, it's fine. It's fine, man. Uh, and then I watched uh, The Skin I Live In, which was a pretty good movie. Uh, it was pretty entertaining. Uh, it was thrilling because uh, I'm not even going to lie. I didn't even really know what was happening for a good bit of it. I, I was pretty late to find out what the big like surprise was <laughs> right. in that movie. And I watched it with Andrea. And uh, she knew it like 10 minutes before I did. She's like, this is what's going on. I was like, huh? <laughs> and then it happened and i was like oh, oh my, my god, god. <laughs> uh so that movie is pretty horrifying yeah it's um, good. but it, it is a, it is a good movie uh so that's a recommend for people yep uh and then i watched uh one of your favorite movies pieces mm-hmm. which was pretty good um i i like this movie a lot uh it's got some really funny stuff um there's there's a scene where some dude comes up and does kung fu for no reason i thought that was funny um there's a there's a couple of the kills are really cool. Like there's one, uh, a guy kills a lady on a waterbed and she's like floating in the water and it's like slow motion. I thought that was really neat. Yeah. Um, there's a scene where a guy gets his dick grabbed really good. And I thought that was fucking hilarious. Well, it's the end of the movie. <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> no. Oh man. I, I love pieces. Um, that, yeah. that, that movie I have such fondness for. Cause I remember, uh, it was always at the video store and like, it has like the best cover where it's like, it's exactly what you think it is. Yeah, and it's like what? And it's just this dismembered woman on the front, and I'm always like, oh. So I rented it way back when, and I was like, this thing is so weird, like because it's like it's really shittily made, but it doesn't yeah. matter because it's just like it doesn't care, and it no. just keeps going. But it's like, no, no. but it's always it's never boring. It's always entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, because yeah. did you mention slugs? Oh no, I didn't. I forgot slugs. Uh, slugs was uh, fine. Uh, there's a weird scene in there with a hamster that I didn't like. Um, mm. And they definitely killed a lot of slugs, which I don't really. It's a slug. It's a did, sl- hey, did you know that like in uh, academic re- or in, like scientific research, there's like little to no um, humane or like animal welfare things for like invertebrates like slugs. You can do whatever you want awesome anything so it's like you could you just pour salt on a slug and be like it's for science (laughs) (laughs) or film or for film or or film yeah Yeah. uh no i thought slugs is pretty good Um, Uh, i was like bummed out you didn't love slugs because man i like slugs and pieces because they're the same dude and uh that picard Uh, like one one picure and like i don't know though there there was movies were just like pieces of like genius garbage like i don't know i love how he he just doesn't care he has no Mm -hmm. standards he's just like yeah we're gonna blow this fucking house apart now and it's Mm -hmm. just amazing like it's like and everyone in slugs is just an asshole like every person in that movie is just like a piece of crap and they're so mad at one another and i'm like Mm -hmm. i like this and then there's like these like idiot scenes where like the sheriff and like got the guy from the city driving on the road and it's just the most horrible writing and like so clunky but it's like funny because it's like that and pieces of the same movie like it's just like Mm -hmm. weird disjointed stuff but then like horrific gore emerges and you're like whoa Mm -hmm. i've never seen anything like this from the same period of time so they're they're definitely putting their uh attention in the right places yeah the one in slugs that stands out is when uh the guy eats a slug and then his whole head like caves in and then explodes with slugs that seems gnarly man it's so great um no i like slugs i just 
I wasn't as hot on it, but I did think Pieces was pretty dope. Yeah, yeah, no, P- yeah. and yeah, Pieces, like, I think about that movie uh, far too often. Like, I love the uh, the guy who's, like, the, uh, was it, the uh, the gardener, like, the the caretaker? Yeah. Uh, I'm blanking on what his name is, but he actually, like, it's always so weird because, like, when we were, when we watched it, we were like, he's got to be some sort of, like, pro wrestler or something like that. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, a big dude. Where it's like, oh, he should play Bluto in, like, a Popeye movie, and he did. He he played Popeye. Oh, really? He played Bluto in the Robert Altman uh, Popeye, and it's like, of course he did, because there's like there was literally no one else on the planet in the '80s who could have played Bluto better than this man. And like the yeah. dub, and you watch the dub too on uh, pieces, which is uh, I did. which is which the only way, yeah, because it's yeah, it's the re- yeah. line readings in that motherfucker or something else. And yeah. then yeah, no, and, and your I mean, yeah. and your favorite thing of just like women being just like just torn apart. Oh well, come on, Jared. <laughs> I don't. I don't love that. Okay, uh, continue. Pieces. Uh, no pieces. Pieces was really good. I liked pieces. Uh, and then, so I have two left. Uh, but I'll tell you about the last one I watched uh, was Audition by uh, Takeshi Mike. Mike. Uh, Takeshi Mike, uh, who is a director I've only seen one movie from, and I hated it. Um, Ishii the I, Killer. I, yeah, that movie sucks. Um, Audition was pretty good. Uh, I liked it. it. It's like a really good slow burn. You just, you know, something bad is going to happen mm-hmm. and then it does. And then when it happens, it's pretty fucking horrific. Um, I'm not going to, I won't pretend like I understand everything that happened at the end when he's like going through his hallucinatory journey. Like there were a few times where I, I was just like, I'm not really sure what's happening, <laughs> but I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to talk about it that much because you can just watch it. I'd, I'd recommend that to people. Yeah, that's a no. I remember when I first watched Ishii the Killer, I thought it was like fantastic, amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I rewatched it and I was like, ugh, this movie's like kind of like not great. And then like Audition, I rewatched. Like I watched it and liked it a lot. Rewatched it and was like, mm-hmm. oh, this movie actually is still really good. This movie's a lot better. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah. Audition, Audition is good. Uh, Ichi the Killer, bad. There you go. Uh, and then uh, I watched a movie that was just the a main event. Heat, the main event. I, uh, I watched it on Halloween Day, uh, and Andrea walked out at the thirty-minute mark, <laughs> and uh, five minutes later, I turned it off. Uh, and just out of commitment to you, Jarrett, I powered through it a day later just to say that I could, so I can give an accurate description of okay. this movie. Are, are you going to uh, run through the segments? Do you, are, do you, uh, do you have I'll notes? I'll just do a couple. Okay. Uh, no, yeah, I can do. I could do all of them if you want. I would, uh, you do it. Do it. Okay. Because this so is the, the so this is the movie. Uh, because now no one knows what we're talking about. But this is the movie yeah. that uh, it's like on everybody's list to watch this year because it's a new movie and it's like mm-hmm. oh it's Halloween anthology and everyone's like oh Halloween well we gotta give it a try and so you saw all these like websites giving favorable reviews and like people were pumping it up. They released like a three disc Blu Ray special edition loaded up like fifty dollars mm-hmm. blind buy. You should buy this movie and I was just like I don't know. I I I've been down this road before and I know how it goes mm-hmm. at, at best you're looking at mediocrity but you you were all aboard RJ and I was like I don't know and I, hey. I was curious because like either if you liked it a lot I would have been awesome like that sounds great mm-hmm. and I, I will watch it but I was very um, suspicious of the praise so I, yeah as you know I actually do like anthologies I think this was the fourth one I watched this month fourth or fifth okay uh, so I do like anthologies okay so people who don't know this movie is called Tales of Halloween and I think I figured out why it's on so many lists. 
It's because the people who put make the lists are in some way affiliated with the movie. Yep. Whether they're actually in it, producers, or somehow connected to it by a friend or something. I think that is the only reason it gets brought up a lot. Well, this movie has a people lot of people from involved its success. too. Like pretty well yeah. everyone that's like kind of, I mean, I don't think Adam Wingard has anything to do with this or, nope. but like, or Ty West doesn't, but like there's like everyone, everyone else seems to be involved with this in some regard. Fucking John Landis is in it as oh, an actor. There you go. Well, he's in lots uh, of dog shit. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so it's called Tales from Halloween. Came out last year and it is just a bargain bin of just the most put slap together fucking ideas. If I looked at you and I was like, give me 10 ideas for 10 horror shorts in two minutes. And you'd just be like, uh, uh, okay, there's this guy, or there's this lady and she's a witch done. Okay. Uh, wow. uh, there's a lady walking home and then there's a guy in her house done. Um, okay. So it's an anthology series. Uh, there was one that I actually liked near the end. Uh, and I'll, I'll just cover that one first. It was called ransom. And it was by a guy named Ryan Schifrin. And I looked it up. He's only done like another two other shorts and like a movie that I think has pretty bad reviews. Uh, that was the only one I liked. It's about two guys who like kidnap uh, a little kid who uh, actually the adult was John Landis. They kidnap a little kid and then they take him and they want to get ransom. And then they find out that the kid is actually like a hobgoblin. And then he thought the kid starts like messing with them. Mm-hmm. Pretty standard fare. Like it's nothing inventive, yep. but it was the only one that I thought was actually done well. Ooh. Um, nine, okay. nine to go. So, and that was near the, yeah, that was near the end. So the first one, uh, actually this one was okay. Uh, it was called sweet tooth. Um, and, uh, it was the guy who directed it, did a movie called, uh, the Hills run red. I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I think I saw that's yeah. the only thing that, uh, that's the only thing I like because I looked up what these other guys did because two of these directors I hate. Um, so the Sweet Tooth, it was about basically like urban legend where it's like you got to save some candy because there was a kid once who his parents ate all his candy. So the kid ripped open their their stomachs and ate their candy. And then the people telling the story have it happened to them. Done. Uh, it was kind of dumb. Are, are you are you still there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. My thing was getting all wonky yeah okay anyways the next one uh was called the night billy raised hell by darren lynn boisman i don't know what he's ever done saw doesn't matter saw (laughs) saw but yeah the the saw movies like Uh, darren lynn boisman three four five six yeah that boisman yeah uh well you could have fooled me uh this one was about a kid who, who like tries to play a prank on an old man and then the old man's like, I'm going to play a prank on you. And then uh, he gets another hobgoblin, uh, coincidentally enough. And uh, the hobgoblin wears the kid's costume and goes around just uh, like egging people. And then it escalates. He like steals a car and is like shooting people. And then they let the kid go and he gets in trouble. Done. That one was uh, fine. There's nothing to say about it. Like, I don't know. Uh, the next one. Uh, so this guy has the great honor of being a director in basically the two movies I hated most this year. Uh, that's Adam Girash from the Night of the Demons remake. He made a short called Trick, which was super fucking stupid. Um, it, uh, so you get like four adults who are like drinking and smoking weed and watching horror movies. And then uh, there's a trick-or-treater and the guy opens the door and then the girl like stabs him. 
and it's like oh shit and then one of the other adults tries to run away and then a group of kids like kill them and then they come in the house kill the other guy and then the fourth lady who's still alive she like runs away and she's about to dial 911 and then she like looks at her phone and then deletes pictures of like her and the other adults uh, torturing a kid and taking out their eyeball mm-hmm. and then the lights go on and she's right beside the body of the kid that they were torturing <gasps> and then and then the other kids come in and then they all kill her and it's just it's so fucking stupid because it's like this okay this doesn't make any sense it's like they tried to throw in this big twist where it's like oh well they were the monsters they kill a kid but it's like okay so then why were they like freaking out when kids were like killing them it doesn't make any sense like if you're like people who torture kids, you, you feel like you would be able to handle that situation a little bit better. Mm. Um, it's dumb. They're like I don't nothing to even talk about. It was just really stupid. Uh, the next one was called "The Weak and the Wicked." You're put in some sort of apocalypse world, and uh, you see uh, a really rough and tough uh, group of like three people. It's like two boys and a girl. And they're like going around bullying people. And then you see a guy dressed up like a minotaur and he's like, I'm going to fight you. And they're like, nah, you're not. So he runs away. And then you get like a three minute scene of these kids BMXing like through the city chasing him. It's fucking like almost unwatchable. And then he brings him to like a trailer that's burnt down and it flashes back to 10 years earlier. And it was like his parents were in the trailer and those groups of kids burnt it down. And then basically the kid who like was in the Minotaur costume calls up a real Minotaur and the Minotaur kills those people. Oh, I see. Yep. Uh, the next one was called a grin grinning ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a girl who was at a Halloween party and she heard a horror story, walked home, thought someone was following her. Uh, and then she's in the bathroom. She closes the mirror. There's no one there. She goes to sit on the couch. And when she leans back, there's someone on the couch and then it ends. That's it. That's it? That's it. That's abrupt. That was all it was. Nothing even happened. Huh. Uh, the next one was called Ding Dong from uh, the previously mentioned Lucky McKee of May fame. This one was really fucking dumb. Uh, it was about, it was like a reverse Hansel and Gretel where uh, a lady was a witch and she had a boyfriend and one, she basically like, doesn't know she's a witch and she turns into a witch so the boyfriend is trapped and then she hands out candy and every time she hands out candy she like picks up her boobs and then like looks at her makes her uh, lipstick and then when she opens the door she pulls like hair out of her mouth and like a semi spooky like trying to be weird and then then basically a kid shows up and she like looks at him weird and then arms grow out of her back and she pushes her boyfriend into an oven why does it happen? Nobody knows. It just look, it looks horrible. No one it can know for sure. Nobody can know for sure. Uh, oh, the thing I'll mention, in between all these shorts too, it just fades to black and then like uh, dissolves back in and it's just like really sloppily done. None of them look good. It's all super low quality. Like it's it's as if like they gave a guy a camera and they're like, you got one day to make something. It just probably go was. Do, do whatever you can. Yeah. Uh the next, there's three more of these fucking things. Do it. Uh, the next one was called uh, This Means War. Um, and it was about two neighbors who were decorating. And uh, one of them didn't like the other guy's decoration. So they fought. That's it. Um, the next one was called Friday the 31st, where you get a Jason-esque uh, killer. And he just kills a lady. And then a claymation alien drops down. 
And yes, this is an alien. You know I love aliens. <laughs> and the alien just wants to trick or treat. Uh, but the Jason guy stomps on the alien. And then the alien turns into a gas and floats into a dead body head. And then they fight. Um, and then at the end, the alien leaves. Hmm. So just another just really dumb one. And then uh, the last one was uh, from Neil Marshall, who did The Descent. Uh, and it was just about a killer pumpkin. That's it. Like, uh, so I don't know about this Neil Marshall guy. Like, I think The Descent is a really good movie, but I didn't like Dog Soldiers. And this thing is like, I think he should probably be embarrassed to be attached to this. Like, everyone who is involved in this should be embarrassed because it was like, it's like, have you ever like saw or tried to fit in like a short film, like a horror short and it's like five minutes and you you see it on list. It's like the best short films to watch this Halloween and you watch it. And then at the end, you're just like, man, that was really a waste of like five fucking minutes. That's what every one of these felt like. It's just really sloppily put together, lazy fucking movies. And the movie has a reference to the fog. Oh, it's just in the opening. There's like a, a Barbo. Yeah. Yeah. And the opening is actually not bad. It's like an animated thing that like highlights each story. Right. So it was a fall. It was a, a bait and switch. It was like, oh, maybe this is going to be good. And then it, the whole thing is just trash. wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. Yeah. That's uh, I, maybe I, just that one segment. But uh, even that, if I wouldn't, even if you could like pull that one out, like maybe if you needed a 10 minute short to bump up your numbers. Hmm. How long was this thing? Like, uh, it- an hour and 35 minutes. Oh, wow. And they were through 10 stories in an hour and a half, huh? Yeah. Wow. Well, that's what I mean. Like there were a couple stories, like the one where the ghost just follows the lady home. That one's like a minute long. Hmm. Or like two minutes long or something, yeah. but uh, no, it sucked, yeah. man. Yeah, I imagine that most of the people involved had very little ideas, and they're like, oh, let's just do this. And then they had to compile them all together at the end, and it's like, well, this is what it is, and that's that, because they're going off mm-hmm. the pedigree of the names involved with people. But, yeah. 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 Lucky, yeah. Lucky McKee, he seems to be striking out with you. Uh, well, him and that Adam Girash guy, those guys both fucking suck, man. Like, both of their things, or the, their actual movies I watched, Blue, and then uh, this whole thing. Like I said, this whole thing was bad. Mm. So, and it's like, it's like I said, Andrea just got up and left 30 minutes in. She's like, <laughs> I'm going to go make dinner. And it was like, oh, I think it was like, it wasn't even late yet. It was like quarter after five, but she's like, oh, this movie really sucks. I'm just going to go do, do anything else. So. Yeah. Well, so the only the only reason it's getting talked about is because I think people are affiliated with it in some way. Yeah, it was kind of the this year's in thing to talk about, but then no mm-hmm. one went and then no one went to go see the new Ouija movie, the, which is supposed the, to be really good. Supposed to be, yeah. I've heard like I don't know. I've heard some people like hate on this thing, but then uh, roommate Scott sounded like he recommended it, which has got to be a recommendation because it's not like he likes trash. No, yeah, yeah. He said it was really good, and um, he, me and him usually jive on the same same track. So yeah. I'll take his word uh, yeah. over a lot of other people. I like that Mike Flanagan. I just like, yeah. I don't think that movie's doing great or anything either. But I'll hope, maybe hopefully see it in theater. If not, that's what Blu-ray's for. Mm-hmm. And I'll be there, Mr. Flanagan. So uh, what, what were your uh, top picks for this month? What would you top tell? Picks? Top picks. Okay. Uh, so um, just honorable mentions. Society, Silver Bullet, Scars of Dracula, Phone Box, The Brain, and The Birthday. Those are all my honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, number five, Eden Lake. 
super, I, we already talked about these movies. Yeah. Number number five, Eden Lake. Number four, Martin. Uh, number three, Sorority House Massacre 2. Because like <laughs> wow. I said, just on the day that I watched it, man, it was exactly Perfect. what I needed. Uh, number two, Eyes of Laura Mars, the uh, oh, surprise yeah. breakout hit of the month. Yeah. And uh, number one, uh, Horror Hotel. Um, oh, wow. Because number one, I eh? watched... I watched that uh, like the first weekend of October and uh, I was thinking about it a month later. So I, I was looking back. Oh, I should say Hellraiser is probably the real number one, but I thought that would be too obvious. Okay. So, because um, I think pe- people, people know. Yeah. yeah. So I get I, it. I'm picking, I'm picking Horror Hotel because I feel like people wouldn't go see, wouldn't normally go look out this one. And I thought it was really good. Excellent. Yeah, yeah my um, so my top five uh, I'm, I'm in, in no particular order. Uh, the plumber, which oh, yeah. like isn't like really even like a horror movie, but uh, Peter Weir's little thing that like uh, mm-hmm. I, I love. I thought it was great. Uh, I think people should totally check it out. It's not really like even like a, it's more like a th- it's like a thriller, but uh, yeah. and it's really smart. Plays like a short story. Um, Bad Moon uh, totally oh, was yeah. like bowled over uh, by how much I liked that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it's, it's like not like a great movie, but I don't think. But the werewolf is amazing. Uh, it's kind of wha- crazy violent, and it's exactly what the story needs to be. And it's about a dog. I love that dog. Yeah. Dog, mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for it. Um, that vampire Quadacuck, that weird like d- movie within a movie documentary thing that was like filmed alongside uh, Franco's uh, Count Dracula. Mm-hmm. Uh, that thing I still think is like amazing. Um, also like not really, really quite a horror film. Um, right. But like, I think it's like, uh, yeah, if you're into Guy Madden or like the idea mm-hmm. of like eight and a half is appealing to you, this is like sort of like, uh, like the, a real, the real thing right. uh, rather than like kind of like um, a, like a, 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 a artificial version of it. This is like actually was exactly what those try to be. Sure. Um, then yeah, Carpenter's Someone's Watching Me. Uh, I was like mm. really surprised by. I thought that was very entertaining. Uh, very well done. Um, it's just like, but of course it's like I'm a sucker for that TV movie aesthetic. Um, yeah. The one thing I didn't really get to talk about on any of these ghoul schools just because uh, we talked about so many movies and these shows have gone so long was yeah. all these shot on video stuff I've watched, which oh, yeah. I guess I might just have to talk about on the Criterion Creeps in the next couple might weeks. Well. But uh, uh, one of the movies I will mention that was like one of my top picks though is the film The Hackers, uh, which oh, yeah. is uh, about a family named The Hackers, not like the film hackers about Uh, computer hackers. This is a movie about just like traveling, like murdering hillbillies. It's, it's what Texas chainsaw massacre two should have been. Um, it's just like filthy wrong, but it's like, Bare, bare bones stripped out. There's a bit where like a, a hick in a bar calls him a couple of creeps and I smiled. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this movie like I thought was like really like for a shot on video piece of crap movie, like really well made. Um, and so that would yeah. be my five. My my special recommendation and definitely the best <gasps> like horror film that I watched, but this is like with an asterisk is all around it is Female Vampire by Jess Franco. <laughs> Oh yeah, because this movie is not going to be for everybody. Um, you have to work your way up. Um, mm-hmm. So right now, I'm kind of working on a Jess Franco like 101 list of like how you too can get introduced into the world of Jess Franco. Because um, yeah. this movie's like you have to watch down the line and like have built up uh, a resistance to like his obvious weirdness that like will not appeal to everybody. And even sure. like you might not even like wind up getting to the point where you're going to like this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm I'm fine with that. But, uh, 
Yeah, it's uh, that's like the, easily easily the best movie I watched because it's like I've been constantly thinking about uh, that movie, and I've mm-hmm. like watched like what another five Franco movies since that I, I didn't even talk about: Exorcism, Sadistic Baron von Klaus, uh, the uh, Daughter of Dracula, uh, and then oh, yeah. actually well, one movie I did also watch that I was planning on talking about a little bit more is the Brides the Brides of Dracula, the Hammer mm-hmm. film because that's I only got one Hammer movie watched this whole month. Um, mm. And I, I watched this one because apparently it's the movie that uh, Just Franco watched that like kicked off like him wanting to make horror films himself. Hmm. Um, and so it's kind of like a I don't know I, I watched it trying to look for like those like Franco things in yeah. it, and I didn't really see it. But I guess it's the movie that he used to convince like Spanish producers to give him money to make. Uh, his own horror stuff. So it's kind of important historically, I guess. Um, the guy who plays Dracula in that movie is god awful. Like, he just is like blonde haired dude who just like has mm. no charisma. I can't remember what his name is, but yeah, he was super underwhelming. Brides of Dracula is just okay. But I mean, I'm pretty yeah. lukewarm on like Hammer stuff in general. I find that beyond like a few like moments here and there in those movies, they're not great. Though I, yeah. though I will say that the first uh, like. Christopher Lee Dracula movie is really good. Like it's just like mm-hmm. a fun pulpy movie. And then after that, they're kind of just like the same. They don't really change yeah. it up too too much. There's not. Yeah, I I could go through that and figure out a hammer list. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll I'll, I'll save further discussion of Franco. I've got okay. about thirty Franco movies uh, either in oh. my possession or on my way. So I'm gonna be watching Franco for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be probably boring people to death with that discussion. And yeah, yep. I'll, I'll I'll maybe hit up on some shot on video stuff that I did watch this month. That I'll, I'll bring up the highlights because I think sure. those are those are fun to watch because you can find a lot of these on YouTube and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. again, it's building up a a taste for this stuff and appreciation uh, for this uh, rather than being like, oh, this is just immediately satisfying. <laughs> but right. there's some good sure. stuff to come. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, I think uh, I'm going to let you get back to doing your thesis. That Oh, whole, yeah. That, that whole business. Yeah, really, I guess. Yeah. Well, folks, hope you hopefully you've enjoyed this uh, weird sidetrack experiment. Um, I'm sure we'll mm-hmm. wind up doing it again next year, a season two. Um in the yep. meantime, uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Criterion Creeps. You can email us, tell us what you thought of this ghoul school shit. Um, we have an email from Oliver, but we'll read that on the summertime episode. We'll record here uh, on yeah. Sunday. Uh, there's Facebook page, Tumblr, Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. You can check out the 110 horror movies I watched this goddamn month. Jesus. Yep, there's something wrong with me. Um, SoundCloud, mm-hmm. Stitcher, iTunes for the episodes. If, you, if there's any you've missed, want to check out, um, follow us, like us, whatever. And hey, mm-hmm. next episode, RJ, it's summertime in November. Uh oh. Uh oh. We got David Lean, 1955, coming at us. I'm so I'm super looking forward to it. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> um, but hey, sometimes those like lack of expectations, or sometimes when like these movies really bully over, right? <laughs> It's not the movie itself. It's more just my uh, my personal work situation that's bringing me down. So it, that might be reflected in the movie, whether or not it's actually good. <laughs> just a fair warning. <laughs> hey, maybe it'll be just what I need. Maybe it'll, yeah, it'll spruce things up. This sounds like a movie you could watch with the girlfriend. I'm going to try. Yep. It's romance. Yep. Rom- romance. Romance. Catherine Hepburn. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. All, All right, right, folks. Well... Ghoul night and ghoul luck. There you go. Bye. Woo.